Hey, what's good, everybody? What's good? This your boy, Coach Dante. Uh, the, uh, welcome to another Coffee and Sports in the Morning. Uh, I got my boy Mo and I got my boy Dez in the building. How y'all? How y'all doing this morning, guys? What's good, guys? Ready to go? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, well, well. We got some new. We got some national championships that we crowned it last night. As we all expect, all three of us expected this uh this morning. It would have been it's UConn. It was gonna be UConn, and it is UConn. Uh, it didn't turn into the whooping that we thought it would be. Would, would be where they were by double dish the whole game, pretty much. They were dominating the whole game. You know, San Diego was able to fight back, come back, get within five. Then UConn pulled away, you know, with the defense, with the size. We knew San Diego wasn't going to be able to score the basketball that much. Uh, UConn played some hell of a defense. Uh, San Diego State, you know, hit a couple threes to get right back into the game. But again, as we all thought uh, yesterday and we all said, you know, the big man was, was going to be a little bit of a problem. They're going to take over on the board. Sunoco had a double-double, 17 points, 10 rebounds. The big seven-foot fella was a problem. They couldn't guard. They couldn't guard. I mean, one possession, he got the rebound, and he just was standing up like this and going over guys like this with no contest. You know, uh, UConn defense was definitely a problem to San Diego State last night, and it definitely bothered San Diego State. But a good run by San Diego State, man. A great, very good run, but the game was going how exactly we was going to be expected. Uh, so much defense for UConn. Too big. The size bothered uh, San Diego State. Mo, what's your thoughts on this game last night? It's like we discussed the last show. We thought that UConn's size, their defense, um, and their depth was going to be the difference in the game. I want to give San Diego State all the credit in the world for hanging in there, making that run, and actually making it a game. When they cut it to five, I know everybody was like, we got a game now. Utah, uh, UConn turns around and goes on a 9-0 run and ends it. That was that was impressive, too. The comeback, but then UConn's response. Des, what you think about this game? Um, I think the game itself, um, like we both, all we both discussed yesterday, all of us we discussed yesterday, the physicality and the defense came in uh, into play. I mean, um, with UConn, they had three guys in double figures. Um, Sudoku had a double double. You know, uh, Newton was just flashing with threes and driving in the paint, and then you had Watson just just going off. You know, so um, you got to tip your hat out to uh, UConn for the physicality that they brought. Um, they had six blocks to only um, San Diego State's like two. Um, the, the defensive rebounding was definitely key uh, in the pace of the game. So, like, like what we said yesterday, they didn't show up with the physicality of San Diego State. But uh, you got to give them credit, though. They did try to fight back with the uh, pick-and-roll game and stuff like that and the drive and kick. But it just didn't work out, you know, because when you have those two big guys and you have guards that can shoot and, and to control the pace, it's definitely going to be a hard game for sure. Uh, Coach brought yeah. out something really obvious the other day that no matter what San Diego State did, what they don't have is they don't have enough shooting. They yep. don't have any – they have no shooters. Like everything had to be to the basket. They they just didn't have enough shooting to really make a run at it. Yep. Uh, yep. And like I say, when you can't score on offense, when you have to just rely on your defense, that's going to wear and tear up on you when you have to play someone that's potentially better, that's better than you. 
And, you know, UConn, they had shooting. They had shooting. I mean, they went six for 17. But, again, Jordan Hawkins, they was running him off pin downs, and he would knock them down. Jordan Hawkins had a really solid game. That dude is really underrated on their team. Uh, he's going to be in the draft this year. I think he's projected to be a first-round pick. And Joey Calcantara, Joey Calcantara uh, is really good, too, man. That guy can really uh, fill it up, fill it up as well. But, give Coach, like I say, uh, Mo uh, elaborated, you know, San Diego State was able to cut it within five last night. They were able to come, 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 cut it within five. So they was able to, you know, punch UConn back in the mouth. But, again, UConn, UConn came back and say, now, nah, uh, this is our national championship. Hey, let's go ahead and finish this. And then they came back with the respond with the TKO. They had they came back up with the T with the TKO in boxing and just finished them off. I mean, like I say, everything we, we expected yesterday morning, that will kind that will kind of happen. That will kind of happen yesterday. I mean, the defense was too much in San Diego State, you know, they're really not a good scoring team. You make them play half court offense against a very good defense, they're going to struggle to score. They're going to struggle to shoot, and that's what UConn uh, did, but that's what you that's what you do. That's what happens when you have all that size on the team. UConn got two. They don't got – UConn got all that length and size. All their guys are at least six foot five, or at least six foot five. The smallest – the probably the smallest, the shortest guy is probably on the bench, the one of the bench players. That's the smallest guy that they actually actually – play so all that size and stuff and that that kind of that kind of ball that kind of bothers bothered uh you know San Diego State a lot but good run by San Diego State uh UConn definitely uh deserves uh the national championship what we all thought uh this morning so again congratulations to LSU and UConn uh and by the way when we y'all when uh y'all was talking in on the uh uh that show yesterday Mo and you know what I really thought about with LSU Ladies, uh, they only had four seniors on that team. They had no juniors on the squad. They had only four seniors. So everybody else can come back. Alexis Morris is a senior, but she's eligible to come back right. if she wants to. LSU is going to be back there again. They're going to get back there. They could get back, very much get back there again. Four seniors, that's crazy. And the rest of those girls was freshmen and sophomores. They didn't have not one junior on that team. Last, uh, last year, so that team, LSU team, is going to be a problem. So congratulations uh, to Jordan Hawkins and the UConn Huskies and the Lady LSU Tigers. So we're going to, um, you know, uh, go to the next topic, which is uh, Wimby, which is uh, Victor Wimbyama. Everybody projecting him to be the first overall pick. We, we've seen his games. We know how how skilled he is. How do y'all think? How do you think he can fit in the NBA? How do you think he can fit in the NBA? And we already know, uh, we already know what team teammate even close to be going to. You know, my Rockets. We're we a bunch of babies playing against uh, grown men out there, grown ass men out there. Detroit is projected. Uh, yeah, San Antonio. But again, I'm gonna flip it around. What what system? What what team will be better for him? And how do you think? He's going to be – do y'all think he can put up the same performance he does in the NBA or it's going to take some time? Mo, I'm going to start with you up on this one. Well, he his skill set says he's ready to play right now. We're talking about a guy that's 7'5", but yep. he has a skill set almost of a wing, of a big wing. So I, I, I think he's going to play well. I don't know if necessarily he's going to come in and put up monster numbers, but I think he'll be effective. And, and, and like you said – it does matter where he goes. Mm -hmm. uh, 
yep. you know, everybody wants him, but as a fan, I think the best place for him would probably to me would be OKC. Put him with Shea where he doesn't have the pressure of having to score. Put him with Shea where he's kind of a sidekick or or third option his first season because that Oklahoma City squad, they're young, they're talented. Remember, they get back home. Like that they're built if these guys continue to develop with Getty and company, that that can be a problem. Like as as the stars in the West age, look at Oklahoma City and look at how they're built. And then look look what Shea's doing now, because I don't think this is the best version of him. I think he can still get better. So I, I think Victor can be an effective player. Like if I was going to project numbers, I think he'll, he'll score between 16 and 18 a game and probably have 10 rebounds at least in, in a couple of blocks, even though I don't expect him to play much at center. Just with his length and his ability and his agility as a weak side defender, he's going to get blocked shots. Got you, got you. Uh, Des, Des, uh, <laughs> um, I got to agree with Mo on this one. Uh, I got it. OKC seems like the best fit, you know. Um, he doesn't have to be the main guy, you know. I, mean, I feel like a lot of rookies, especially when you get drafted that high, um, and he's going to be one of the top picks, lottery pick for sure, that pressure, you know, um, and a lot of young guys fold and it takes time to groom. I think that third option is great. I think another team – um charlotte i would not mind that um because they need a ball handler but um his game is like porzingis in a sense of an nba comparison but his wingspan's like you know seven eight and he's seven two so you're thinking like a bowl bowl size player you know or mobamba that's the that's the height right but um i feel like charlotte could be an option too you know because he does have to be the main guy you have Lamelo ball already there um, they just had to add some pieces in free agency, and they definitely have the cap space for sure because Charlotte's been taking for the past, what, two or three years since they made the playoffs a couple of years ago. They have not been the same team. But OKC is the number one choice, I think, because they're on the rise. I mean, they're growing, and they have uh, Shea, and they have uh, Cody Williams as well, um, which his brother's going to be playing for CU. But, I mean, the, you have two young stars in OKC. I think you add a third with him. They're They're a team on the rise for sure. They might have four stars in Oklahoma City. Like that, yep. when, you, when you look at those, I, I mean, even guys who aren't stars, um, they've got guys that are, I can't remember his name right now. He's a great three and D player on that team. He's a, he's, he's 24, 25. Uh, uh, Lou Dort, Lou Dort. Yep. Yep. Uh, so th- that team with, with the complimentary players and they're all in the same age range. I'm I, I'm not saying that's the best spot, but that's the best spot in my eyes. I don't know about Charlotte only because Charlotte seems like where young players' hopes go to die. Um, I don't think it's a fran- – look, it's not a secret. The franchise is not run well. Uh, and if you look at what they already have there, LaMelo's a talent, but we already realize it, it seems like ball boys just can't stay healthy. So I, I don't know if Victor wants to go to Charlotte and because – that would be extra pressure because Charlotte has been like a bottom feeder for decades. Like yep. Jordan is the goat to some, but when it comes to being a, an owner, he's, he's kind of like the woke. Um, um, he's like the worst owner of all time. So I wouldn't want him there. You, Houston is not, not, not a bad spot. Those are a lot of young, there's some talented young pieces on Houston and he could be the centerpiece that could turn that franchise around. So I wouldn't rule out Houston. 
but I wouldn't want him to go to Charlotte. Wouldn't want him to go to Detroit. I just, I just don't think those would be good fits for him. Yep. Uh, I got a, a 30 second timeout right quick. Anthony Price, who said Brandon Miller wasn't a top two pick? Who told you that? Who, who's on, who on this panel mentioned that? Brandon I mean, Miller is a top two pick. He's just not number one. He might not be just number one. Wimby might just be the number one overall pick. Nobody said Brandon Miller wasn't number two. Brandon Miller is my favorite guy in the draft anyway. If the Rockets could get him, I will I will take Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller is one of the best he after win probably after win be best uh guys in the draft man. He's a whole problem. He's a problem. That dude, you talking about the dude that can do it all. You talking about the dude that can fill it up. I, but the only thing about Alabama though, outside of Brandon Miller, I question the other guys on the squad. Brandon Miller literally was the reason why Alabama didn't lose some of those games. You know, against I seen them struggle against South Carolina, and Brandon Miller just pulled and just pulled them through that South Carolina game. And South Carolina was a bad basketball team, and they were able to take them to overtime. The only reason they were in overtime, because of who? Brandon Miller. That was the only reason they were in that overtime. They won that game, and they was in that overtime game. So glad he got that stuff, probably got that stuff up out of the way, but nobody said Brandon Miller wasn't a top two pick. He's definitely a top two top two pick in the draft. It's just probably Wimby is going to be projected to go number one sure. at this point. One time, he is definitely that, that Brandon dude. Miller. I agree, coach. Brandon Miller, when he gets drafted, I think he can step in and be impactful in mm -hmm. the next level right away because mm -hmm. of his skill set. Yep, yep, definitely agree with that 1000%. Exactly, I, exactly. We just, think, we just think Wimby is gonna go number one the that's way he's all. That's all. He's Brandon Miller's gonna be your top two pick. He's, I don't, he's not falling past the top five. He's not somebody taking no. him top two, somebody's taking him top two and top three. Somebody's gonna do that. Somebody's gonna do that. Wimby just may be the better prospect than everybody talk about. So um, we're going to uh, move on to the next topic. And this topic is just so crazy. Everybody would think this on the panel. And I've been saying how bad of an organization they've been is. You know, I had several rants when I went on. I had a rant about Sacramento last year, uh, how bad they draft. But they finally kind of got it right this year with Keegan Murray. We all know Sacramento – Outside of DeMarcus Cousins and De'Aaron Fox, they drive terrible. But they got it right. They got a right coach. They won. They made the playoffs. So my rant worked on that one. But Portland, since the Western Conference Finals, Portland hasn't done anything. They, they, they're another team that's just right there in the middle. They don't know if they want to rebuild. They don't know if they want to compete. So by having Dame on this team, you're still trying to compete in some degree. But the team is not good enough around Dame. So this is the question I propose uh, to you guys. Is it time for Dame to leave Portland? If so, where where uh, where you like to see Dame Lillard at? Because, again, I think Damian Lillard, I understand the loyalty that he's got, and I understand he wants to win a championship. I understand uh, he loves Portland. But enough has got to be enough. At one point, you say, I want to win. I did all I could. I did all I could in this organization. We went to the Western Conference Finals. We went to second round matchups, and the team is not good enough. The front office has not done well enough to put guys around me. Nobody wants to play in Portland, really, like that. So at one point, what point? I played my career as a de in the decade, uh, by a decade with Portland. At what point enough is enough? And it's time to go somewhere else and contend. 
Des, what you think and where you think he should go? Where you think he should go if he want, wants to request a trade? I feel that it's it's time for Dame to go. I feel like he needs a chance to compete. I mean, ever since I think the last playoff game they had, I mean, it's been years. It hasn't really been um, successful in there. I know we got Chauncey Billups as a coach, and they got some pieces in there from the, the trade and everything else like that, but it's not working out, you know. And if you try to bring in free agents, how are you going to attract them? Dame Dollar, that's the only really attraction that you really have. Um, and trying to get anything in free agency. But I think the best teams, I say two teams. Um, you could say the Lakers, but the Lakers, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Probably the Clippers, number one, because they need a ball handler. They do. If you have Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and you add Dame Dollar uh, with his defense ability, um, that could be a scary team. Um, the other team, Philadelphia, that would be a pretty good team to go to. You know, you have James Harden, uh, Duel Embiid, um, Maxi. There's a lot of problems that would uh, would force defenses to 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 you know have tough matchups on. Um, but Dame Doll, you got to do right by him as an organization too. You know they have to look at. I mean they're already shutting him down. You know they're they're now to play out contention too. And I just feel like as an organization you can get the best value out your player. Um, focus on the future because um, you have young players on that team too. You know so I just feel you know I think it's time to do right by Dame this offseason. They're going to have a sit-down talk and uh, see what they can do. But I think it's it's time to do best by the player and best by the organization. Mo? I think it's the same situation. The organization knows they're not going anywhere. As great as Dame is, he is 32. Yep. He is 32. And if, if, if the indicators say, look at our roster, Look what we did this season. You're, you're not assuming Portland's going to be that much better next season. You're really yep. wasting the last part of his prime. And you could do a solid and get picks, maybe a couple of pieces, and move Dame. And I'm sure Dame would like to go to a contender. Uh, and if, if that – and the thing about the contenders, though, if I heard Clippers, who are you moving them for? Because – the Clippers, they don't really have the picks you want, so you must be wanting back Paul George and or some kind of some kind of compensation to keep you competitive. My guess is if Dame gets moved, it'll be to a, a team that has a lot of picks to give up, maybe similar to the situation that Minnesota did with Gobert, um, yep. something like that. I, I'd love to see him in Philly with, with Embiid. I think that would be a great combo, but what could Philly give up? that Portland will want like they, as well as Harden's played, they don't want Harden, and he's, he's older than Dane. So they would be looking for picks to me and some kind of maybe some cap relief or something like that. So they can build for the future. I mean, they've got miles Simon. I think Simon is a talented young player, but the leap that people thought he was going to take this year, he didn't really take. And you look at Jeremy Grant, good player, but that's what he is. He's a good player. On a title, yeah. on a title contending team, Jimmy Grant's your fourth option. On yep. Portland, he's the second or third option. Uh, it, it it just is what it is. It's a stalemate. Dame keeps saying he doesn't want to go. He wants to stay in Portland and win a title in Portland. I believe him when he says he wants to stay. I don't believe him when he says he wants to win a title in Portland because he knows he's not going to win a title in Portland. You can't get big name free agents to go to Portland. Yep. And they have not drafted very well. Simons is a good player, 
But what they need, when you give up CJ, and I thought they were going to go rebuild, when you move CJ, you've got to draft somebody who can be almost like your next superstar or almost franchise player. And they weren't able to do that. They're at a stalemate. You, To me, you have to, as an organization, you got to move Dame while his value is as high as it is for your own benefit. So yeah. that you, you can get some picks and you can start. They don't want to use the word rebuild, but they have to rebuild. So I, I think they have to move him. The destination is uncertain because they're going to want a significant compensation for him. Definitely, definitely, uh, definitely on that. Uh, again, uh, CJ, even if they would have ch- kept CJ, I still don't think it would have been enough. CJ and Dame is not, would not been enough. It hasn't been enough. Oh, no question. Yeah, it hasn't been enough for the years that they've been together. And they popped, they got, they, they made it to one Western Conference Finals. Granted that they kind of overachieved on that one. But again, that, that duo wasn't going to be enough anywhere it goes. They stayed together. So, like you said, if you moved on from CJ, will it be nice to do right by Dame and say, hey, we're not going to waste your career here. You deserve to go out and try to compete and try to uh, get close to a championship as you could. And you too great of a player. You too good of a player to waste your career here knowing you can't get free agents or anything. Jeremy Grant, 20 point per game score. That's good when you're not competing, right? When you're not competing. But at best, like you said, he's a role. He turns into he's a role player. He's a role player on a uh playoff contending team. He's a, he's gonna be turned into a role player. So it's good that you can it's good that you can improve on three-point shooting. That's good that you can score 20 points, get 20 points on the, in a game when you're healthy. Yo, you play when you play with Detroit, and when you're playing with a team like Portland that's not in the playoff picture, yo, yo, you're gonna do you're gonna do all that. And Again, we knew who Jeremy Grant was when he played in Denver, when they was compete for right. playoffs and championships. We knew right. he was a 10-point per game score, and he played. He did his job. He kind of like a Aaron Gordon type, doing his job. He's, he's doing his job, doing what he's supposed to do, making threes. And, hey, that's what happens when you a championship contender, playing with a championship contender team. You just play, do what you got to do. Uh, Shaden Sharp is going to be fine. He, he's a good uh, rookie, still got some time. Anthony Simons can fill it up, but he's gonna be in Portland for for he's gonna be in Portland for a while. So they're gonna most of those guys are gonna be able to get their get their numbers in. Again, they're gonna it's gonna be a while before they compete, especially the stipulations on how the Western Conference is that we all know. Um, we all know it could be tough. It's gonna be a while for Portland uh, to compete, and then like I say, uh, Chauncey Billups. He may be on the hot seat sooner or later. Sooner or later, if this team don't start improving, making some improvements or winning some games, he may be on the hot seat sooner or later. Not saying he's on it after this year. Probably next year he may get up on the hot seat. He may get the pink slip. But again, I think his time may be run. I think his time may be close to kind of running out in Portland if he don't see no jump. Especially when you got Damian Lillard. If he don't want doesn't want to go nowhere, yeah, the seat's gonna be balling for for uh Chauncey Chauncey Billups. So. Uh, again, man. Uh, next topic we got. Uh, why do Charles? Why does Charles Barkley keep coming at Kevin Durant? Seems like everybody's still upset about Kevin Durant, and Charles Barkley can't get Kevin Durant off his mind. Mo, go ahead, take it away. I just look. I think Charles is old school, and he he just made he. The comment initially was he's sensitive. He's proud. Of, he's part of an era where these guys are sensitive. So. He's not wrong, right? Because isn't Katie extra sensitive? He is sensitive. 
He's yep. one of those dudes that reacts to everything somebody says. And the first thing out of his mouth is when he talks is, I don't care what anybody says when everybody knows he does care or he wouldn't comment on. Of course he cares. That's why he's running his mouth. So Charles is not wrong. I think Charles is doing this to get a reaction from KD and he's getting, he's getting the reaction he wants. I do believe, look, agree or disagree with Charles Barkley. When he says something, I believe he believes what he's saying. And he's not, he's not wrong in the sense that Katie's sensitive. He's not wrong in the sense that a lot of these guys of this era are a little extra sensitive. It, that's part of this era, right? If, if you're a player or a fan and you engage in social media, there's the good and bad social media. So for every person that compliments you and tell you how great they are, you are, there's a few out there. They're going to tell you you're not so good or you're overrated. I mean, that comes with this. That's that's all part of this era as well. And KD lives on social media. He can't stay off Twitter or any other. He can't stay off of Twitter. So he responds. He responds to trolls. I, so I think I don't see it as a controversy. I see this Charles Barkley hitting on something that's a factual thing with Kevin Durant. He is overly sensitive, and he's not the only one in this current era of era of NBA players. They all they all look at Sports Center or they read stuff on the internet or they go straight to social media, and they they don't. All the comments are never going to be in your favor. That's part of social media; it just rolls that way. So yes. I, I don't think Charles was wrong. The fact that KD responds and go, I'm not going to respond to you, or I don't care, I don't respect what you got to say, you're just doing exactly what Charles wants you to do. So I don't think no one's winning in this situation, but Charles Barkley wasn't wrong. Nah, go ahead, Desmond. Hey, I got to agree with Mo on this, though. Like, we all grow men. This is, I mean, like, it's constructive criticism, you know? So, like, and KD, I, I don't like him because, like you said, like he, he's overrated in my opinion. I just think he's overrated. And, uh, I mean, he's a great player, but Charles Barkley's not wrong. He'll say some criticism. Shaq says criticism. All of them say criticism. But for KD to respond like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you like Mo said, that's kind of childish, man. We all grown men. We all grown people. And his aspirations and his focus should be winning a championship, um, trying to gel with those guys in in um, Phoenix, you know? I mean, he's been out for a couple games and with little injuries and little injury bugs here and there, but he shouldn't. his main focus shouldn't be on social media and Twitter. It should be uh, basketball, helping out in the community, stuff like that, you know? And and Charles is not wrong. I mean, he's, a, he's an NBA Hall of Famer. He's a legend, you know? I mean, um, and not saying he has that right, but, I mean, he knows the game, you know? And the game has definitely changed since he's played, but you can't always you know lebron gets in social media all of them get in social media it's just the fact you have to get your head in the game don't let that little stuff affect you man because why are you gonna let it affect you when you're trying to get to a common goal and that's to win a championship that's why he went to phoenix so i think he should just be in the books and stop being on twitter man i mean again katie is like i say they're not wrong mo not wrong none of us is wrong on this panel KD, it can be a, it can be me criticizing this game. He gonna respond. He gonna he gonna he gonna respond. Yeah. He'll let you know. So if you don't care, you don't respond to anybody. You just put them put them on read. How about that? You just you just put it on read, and you just let you just uh you just let it go. You just let everything and go, and just focus on winning the championship in Phoenix, or even stand on the court if you could do that. If you could do that as well, because Kevin Durant, you know, has some. Getting up in age, you know, he's starting to have some injuries. You no, know, the injuries concerns a little bit. So 
again, focus on winning the championship in Phoenix. Focus on winning the championship in Phoenix at this point, at this point right now. So other than that, we go to we switch, you know, to the NFL. We switch to the NFL. So um we have you already know we have for agency, for agency pass getting ready for the draft, draft in about 24 days, 24 days for the NFL draft. Uh, pretty much, you know, everybody got some group of free agents, you know. Now you just need the draft, draft to figure out your, your few holes in the draft. So questions I got for you, Mo, and um, Des, which team had the worst offseason that you know for its free agency? What team had the Worst, uh, worst. Uh, what's team had the worst free agency uh, this year? Man, there's two teams, uh, and I'm not surprised by all, at all. It's all money, uh, and it's both with quarterbacks. Uh, first, you got to put Green Bay. It is terrible. They have lost seven players. Robert Tanya, great tight end, gone. Defense yep. gone. I mean, and then you have Aaron Rodgers about pending to leave with that compensation. They still trying to work out with the Jets. You know, and then you, you lose Alan Lazar. You're about to probably lose Randall Cobb. Your wide receiver room is going younger, which is great to Jordan Love. But, I mean, you don't even know what you have in Jordan Love. And the money, the cap space, that organization, I'm really surprised that it's not even – it's not even funny. Like, you have one guy have that much power over your organization. Go on a two-week hiatus in the dark, makes a decision. He's going to the Jets. And we still can't get the compensation. And then um, the second organization, Baltimore. That is really disappointing. Um, they lost a, a lot of their offensive line um, due to cap space. I mean, we got Ben Powers from the Broncos. I mean, he's a great offensive line. I mean, he only allowed two sacks, and you let him go. Um, and it's all about money. You can't pay Lamar Jackson. That guy is an MVP, Hall of Famer type quarterback, and you can't even pay him. And now he wants a trade. He wants out, and you don't even want him out. So now you're stuck in a situation where the draft is coming up. You don't know what your future is going to hold for these two teams. You don't know what's going to hold. You don't know your quarterback. You don't know what's going to happen. Go ahead, Mo. Um, I was thinking Green Bay, too, because the Aaron Rodgers situation, for the most part, we assume that deal is going to get, get done. And so they're going to hand the keys to Jordan Love but they've done nothing to set Jordan Love up for success. I, I don't understand that. That they they didn't add it, and you know what they need. They have no nothing on the outside. Uh, the offensive line is in disarray. They've got two talented running backs, but if your offensive line is in disarray, it doesn't matter. And you've got a young quarterback. You've got to at least give him something as a security blanket, a number one receiver, or at yep. least a, a tight end that he can rely on, they can get downfield, um, a, a tight end with a, a, a route tree that could actually give him something to lean on, and he doesn't have that. So I thought Green Bay, I, I really don't know what their plan is going into the draft because they've got holes everywhere, especially yep. offensively. And when I look at Baltimore, the same thing. Mm -hmm. You want Lamar, but you don't know what you want to pay Lamar. But you also know that Lamar needs a number one receiver. You know what he needs, so if you plan on keeping him, Maybe to amend things and push things forward, go out and get him a number one receiver. Mm -hmm. Go go out and get him some more playmakers. Get him some more help because as gifted as he is, 
quarterbacks don't last a long time. Not the ones that run for 800 to 1,000 yards. They don't play 12, 15 seasons. They just don't. Lamar runs the ball like a running back. Like, yeah. if you watch Baltimore, they've got they've got uh, they run all kind of sets for quarterback runs. Like he carries the ball sometimes fifteen times, eighteen times a game. That wears on you. Never mind the hits that he takes in the pockets. I'm just talking about the hits that he takes as a running back. Go out and get that man some playmakers, because if you, it looks like in the end, I don't think Lamar is going to leave Baltimore. He might want to, but I think he's going to be. If he's going to play this year. He'll play for the Ravens. If the Ravens want him to play, meet them halfway. You got to go out and get some playmakers. And that's what I'm saying. I'm going to go. I got one more team. Go ahead, Dez. Arizona. It is disappointing. It is disappointing, (laughs) Arizona. And this is the reason why, though. The same thing. We have have a quarterback. Now he had an injury, right, toward ACL. You don't know. Who do you got? You know, and then at the same time with a new GM, a new regime, a new defensive coordinator. I mean, they have a whole new staff. It, it, and, and I know it's a rebuild because of the offseason, but I had high expectations with Arizona. They had the weapons, and then A.J. Green retires. So now you got to get another wide receiver. You have Rondell Moore, um, and D-Hop is probably on the move, you know, mm-hmm. and that's probably a draft day type uh, uh, trade because the wide receiver class for this uh, draft is not that deep. It is not that deep. Um, so that, that's really disappointing because they have the money too. They just – they just—I don't know what they did. They didn't do much. They lost a lot of stuff, and the guy I'm really surprised they let go. And Denver got again uh, the defensive end. Um, I forgot Zach his Allen. name, Zach Allen. Yeah, great Zach young Allen. guy. I mean, great young guy. Tulajit, a mentor under JJ Watt, and you let him go. And 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 money talks. Money talks. Uh, and the system, you know. And now you have a new coach that was your def- now is it was a defensive coordinator for Philly that let the Kansas City Chiefs come back and beat them. Um, and I know it's a new system, a new a new place, but how is that going to help Kyle Murray? How is that going to help him? He needs weapons, and all three of these quarter, all three of those uh, organizations needs weapons. Um, Baltimore needs weapons. Uh, Green Bay needs weapons. And definitely Arizona needs weapons because the guys can't stay healthy, and the organizations are – just moving at a standstill. So I want to see what happens on draft day, see what these three teams do because they need to, to do something because it does yeah, not look pretty for money. all three of these organizations. They're not trying to win games. They're trying to save money. Like yeah. the move they make, I look at that and go, so they don't plan on winning much at all this coming season. That that seems yeah. like the plan. Like yeah. they, they, they've basically said like, we'll probably be five, five and 12 or something like that. Like they don't look like they're trying to win games. They're looking like they're trying to load up maybe for the, the season after with picks because they're they're losing their best players. They're actually giving away or trying to move their best players. If I'm a fan, why why would I sign up for season tickets when you're not trying to put together a competitive team? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the Rams too. The Rams are disappointing. Yeah. That that is disappointing. The trade they made that 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 was disappointing right there for Jalen Ramsey. That's what you got. I was disappointed. And they're losing a lot of players too. But we got to think. After the Super Bowl, they won. Of course, it's going to go down, you know. And you still have Aaron Donald, and you might his future is up in up in the balance. And the Buccaneers too. You lose the goat, it's not really working out, you know. Like you said, uh, Mo, um, they just looking in rebuild mode and trying to save money here and there, and probably tool up in the draft. But it's definitely disappointing because, like you said, as a season ticket holder, if you go into these games, you want to see a team compete. You want to see a team. Uh, especially in your city, compete for a championship to bring life to that city. 
and not just be a bottom five team. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Lamar Jackson, hey, I like I say, definitely agree one thousand percent with you guys, all the teams. If I'm Lamar Jackson, and I know I've been, I know you know health is an issue, probably why one of the reasons why he didn't get his, it's taking some time to get his money. But if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm still forcing my way out. But if I'm seeing Kyler Murray making over two hundred thirty mil, two hundred million dollars. And he, you saying basically he's a better quarterback basically than I am. And he 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 gets to a playoff game and he plays like that. And then on top of that, he tears his ACL late in the season. He's not going to be back by the start of the year. D Hop is going to be gone. He would not play another game in the Cardinals jersey. I think they're gonna they're gonna trade him uh this offseason, whether if it's in the draft or some point in the offseason. I don't think D Hop is gonna start in the Cardinals jersey. They got a lot of holes to fill. They got they need a whole new Rebound at the receiving spot. So, so, uh, so does Green Bay. They need a whole new rebound at the receiving spot as well. Christian Watson just being your number one right now. Christian Watson is the number one receiver. That's not a good look when he's a number one wide receiver. And like Dad said, tight Robert Tunyon is a top ten tight end in the league. He's a top ten tight end in the league. You lost him. That's your best. That was your best weapon last year in the passing game. That was basically your best weapon. You know what he went to? And he went to the Bears. He went to the division rival. He went to the, he went to the Chicago Bears. So uh, ready to stick it, ready to stick it to him at that point, right there. Baltimore need a revamp at the receiver position. I you want to know who Lamar Jackson had as receiver? We had to rely on. Uh, well, let's let's go to like this. Bate, Rashard Bateman couldn't can't stay on the field. That's a guy that can't stay on the field. You remember he came out about the organization, the trash the organization, uh, trash the organization. About about the receiving core, you had a beat up Sammy Watkins, who's passed who's passed his career. You had Deshaun Jackson. What is Deshaun Jackson going to do at this time? And at the only thing you had was Mark Andrews. That was it. That was it. Tyler Huntley just left. He left. Tyler Huntley left. Left the Ravens. So if I'm Lamar Jackson and they they not giving my money, I'm forcing my way out. Because guess who it hurts? You can say it hurts Lamar Jackson. But it hurts the team more than it hurts him because they got to figure out the quarterback situation anyway. They got to start over. They the ones got to start over with no quarterback. Actually, no quarterback. No wide receivers. Nothing but Mark Andrews and and J.K. Dobbins. They the ones got to start over. So, yes, you can say Lamar Jackson is losing and hurting, but the team is actually hurt because of him, because of him. In the quarterback situation, the team is actually hurt even even more because they don't have the weapons. They, they they don't have the weapons. They don't have a quarterback. Now they got to figure this out. They got to figure out what they want to do quick, fast, and hurry because the draft is approaching. They got to figure some stuff out. What they're going to do, if they're going to keep them or if they're going to move on from them. If they move on from them, then they got to start over. So, but I say, I say again, like we all said, all these teams, they need a whole new revamping at the wide receiver position. Baltimore has to revamp possibly at the quarterback situation and and the goddamn uh quarter and the goddamn receiving core. They got to down probably a whole new thing at that point of time and Lamar Jackson uh decides to uh go if they decide to let him go decide to let him go. So I'm I'm just like y'all just go ahead and get this over and just pay the man and just put some receivers around the guy. Put some now he does got to stay healthy, but you can't do nothing about in you can't control injuries. You can't control the injuries what they do, but he does got to stay healthy, but 
Lamar Jackson, like I say, you know, he may be losing a little leverage, but again, the Ravens are hurt more because they got to do a whole new rebound in, in both positions, man. They got to do it. They got to do a whole new re rebound. So it's not going to hurt Lamar Jackson that he's gone in his leverage. It's going to hurt them even more because they got to start over. That's like starting over. You lose your quarterback and you don't have a receiver. That's like starting over again. That's like start, that's like trying to start over again. So other than that, uh, we go. We uh gonna we gonna move on. Freddie, take your take your medicine. Freddie, take your medicine, sir. Don't come on. Don't come on. Don't please don't come on here. Take your medicine. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, command. Who you think will want to buy the commanders, Mo? Who do you think will want to buy the commanders? Um, I, the group that's headed by Magic Johnson. I, I definitely think that group. Um, I like that group to get it only because one, Magic's my guy. Two. Magic's been – he's got the gold touch when it comes to business. He's got a good sense for business, for marketing. Uh, he, he's he got great instincts, and he's got great people working for him. So that group, I think that group – I think that group's the, the group that I would prefer to buy the commanders. The commanders need a makeover from top to bottom, especially at the very top. So you want somebody, an ownership group that comes in and, and, and breathes some life, not just into – the organization, but into the city when you realize that the former soon to be former owner and, and all the troubles that's, that he's had, it'd be nice to bring in somebody that can bring some hope to this. Daniel Snyder has been like a dark cloud over that city ever since he's been in charge. It'd be nice to see the light of day once in a while. So, and, and, and who's got a better smile than magic Johnson. I just think that that group would be my preference in terms of buying the commanders. All right, uh, Dez, what you think on this one? Sorry, I just got back. What was going on, sir? Uh, well, uh, uh, who you think should buy the Commanders? What was it? Sorry, I can't hear you. Who do you think should uh, buy the Commanders? By who? Who the do commanders. you think should buy the Commanders? Like buy them? Buy oh, them. my bad. All right, cool. Um, Magic Johnson, man, I gotta go with Magic. Um, you got a great guy, you know, L.A. Laker, Hall of Famer. Um. I mean, he, he he has a Dodgers. I mean, he has multiple businesses that he is in, um, commands the room, um, has the resources uh, in Hollywood, everywhere, you know. So to bring a fresh face, I think they already put a bid to as well. I think Magic Johnson and his crew did too. Um, it, it would be huge. It would be huge because with Dan Snyder, I, I just feel like he, he, he messed the whole organization up. He just messed it up. So many things, allegations, stuff like that. Um, you change your, uh, you know, you go from the Redskins to the Commanders, you change your whole logo with all that. And, I mean, RG3, everything else like that. I just feel uh, Magic Johnson would be a great fit. Um, and bring that city, you know, something to be happy about, you know, because, right. I mean, that city hasn't really seen much of uh, success in a while. I mean, their hockey team is probably more popular than all the other sports teams out there right now in, in Washington, you know. Um, besides, and then the White House, that's probably it. So, you know, um, you, you want to bring some fresh blood. You know, Denver, um, what we did, I mean, they got the Penner group. I, that was not my first choice, but – uh, the biggest thing that they have, they have money that talks. They have connections with Walmart and Magic Johnson and his 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 uh, uh, ownership group. I feel that like that would be huge because the connections, uh, the positivity, he can command the room, um, and he can bring and rejuvenate that organization um, as a whole. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. So again, uh, we got the uh, next topic uh, right here. 
and I'm gonna throw in uh throw in the topic. Ezekiel Elliott was released by the Dallas Cowboys. He said he would take a pay cut if he had to just to stay. You know, the Cowboys, uh, they probably would need a running back, you know, in the draft because, you know, Tony Pollard is hurt. He is now uh, with an injury, a gruesome, kind of a little like a gruesome, gruesome uh, injury at uh, 49, 40 against the 49ers. That really hurt the Dallas Cowboys ever since they lost him. That offense just went down the drain, went down the toilet after that part right there. Outside of CeeDee Lamb, you had nobody else. Uh, Zeke Elliott was released. What do you think, Mo? What do you think is the best fit for Zeke Elliott? What do you think he should end up, and what team do you think uh, is the best fit for Zeke Elliott? Um, I think Zeke can still help a team in a different role. I think he knows he's no longer a feature back, but he's still good out the backfield. He's a good receiving back, great in pass protection. Still has an, a look. Look at his stats. Still has a no. He's a great short yardage back. Great around the um the goal line. Still has a nose for the end zone. Look, Kansas City has young backs, but they don't have what you would call a dominant back. They live and breathe off of what Patrick Mahomes does. But it would be nice that when you're inside the five-yard line, Pat Mahomes doesn't have to get into the shotgun. It'd be nice to have somebody that can punch it in there and has a nose for the goal line. I think Zeke could fit there in a certain role. It's a passing team, but when you get in the red zone, you need to have a back that has a nose for the end zone. That, that can run through some tackles, and Zeke still has a nose for the end zone. So I think that would be a good fit. Des, what you think a good fit for uh, Zeke Elliott? Uh, I'm actually surprised. I mean, it kind of hurts that he got released in the way the Cowboys did him in disrespect. Um, they said they didn't want to shame him, but they did, in my opinion. <laughs> you can't – come on, man. But at the same time, you know, and they have Pollard, which is, a, uh, you know, a rising star. So I got to get credit where it's due. Um I agree with Mo, um, how his system is. Um, the fact is, uh, I think there's two teams. You got Cincinnati because Joe Mixon, uh, what he's going through right now, and when he runs the ball, he doesn't see the hole well. You know, I mean, when it comes to short yard situation, stuff like that, um, he's okay. But I think that'd be a great team because you have Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, and adding another weapon like Zeke. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets try to go <laughs> – for Zeke as well. But see, they already resigned their guys too. But the Jets seem like they're just trying to do a super team. And then the other team, which I think is interesting because their backfield because of the offseason moves, Philly. Philly would not be a bad option, especially in the red zone. We all know they love to run the ball with Jalen Hurts. And you think about that offense, if you have Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, uh, and then you have uh, Brown, there's so many weapons. That's going to be kind of hard right there, you know. Um, but I think the best fit will probably be Philly. In my opinion, Philly would probably be the best fit because they are a running team. My second team would be Cincy because they do do bootlegs and stuff like that and get in the running game to wear you down, especially in the AFC. Um, when you have the Steelers, the Browns and everything else like that, that can wear defenses down. But Philly is my number one choice because uh, they run the ball so dang much. It it, it makes sense. It makes Philly sense. And you play an NFC and you can play your Cowboys twice a year. So that'll be a good rivalry for it's sure. It's a great choice also because of that old line. Philly's got yeah. one of the best exactly. old line. Yeah. Like they move people. So I, I, I like Philly's old line. You're probably right. Philly might be a better choice, especially for Zeke, who now he doesn't have that burst. So now you're talking about old school north south runner. That Philly offensive line would benefit him as well. Yep. A hey, key. Desmond said, uh, Zeke Elliott to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Key. Desmond said, uh, uh, Zeke Elliott for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I got one dark horse team that I want to actually go with, and I think that it will be interesting 
in this role right here. Uh, the Buffalo Bills. I think the Buffalo now losing Devin Singletary, who that was a solid pickup by my Houston Texans, losing him. Uh, very underrated back, you know, 800, basically an 850 yard rusher, borderline 900 yards. I think he can work good in that Bills offense with Josh Allen. The only thing about it again, pretty much what Mo said with the Kansas City Chiefs, they rely on Josh Allen a lot. They rely on Josh Allen to do everything a lot. That's the only problem. You got James Cook there. But outside of James Cook, really, is Naheem Hines is a really a running back or he's more of a receiving back or a special team yeah, back? Yeah. I think that's what Naheem Hines is. I don't think he's an actual – I think he's a running – he can play running back, but he's more of that package when you when you can use as a receiver or a special team. He's nothing right. more. He's nothing right. more. So I think uh, Ezekiel Elliott will be solid behind James Cook. Also, you have a veteran. You have a veteran in there to uh, teach James Cook uh, a few things, but I think – that's a dark horse team, but Philadelphia, man, the way that offensive line dominate games and wear you down, wear down people. Hey, you can't tell me Zeke Elliott wouldn't have a fun time behind that offensive line. I still think Philadelphia is going to draft a running back. They will yeah, still draft the running will. back, uh, but I would not be mad if Zeke if they if they come up with Zeke Elliott up on that part. So again, um, we're gonna move on to the next topic. Who's the most dominating player in all of sports, Mo? The most dominating player? Yep. Man, that's an interesting one in all the sports. I mean, you could say Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Or, or you could say – it's interesting. Giannis is dominating, right? To me, yeah, Giannis, yeah. Is not, Giannis is dominating. They're more skilled, but he is dominating. I, I don't know if – as great as Pat, – is Patrick Mahomes dominating or is he – he's special. He's a unicorn for sure, but I don't know if he's dominating. It's impressive. He's already been to what three Super Bowls? As young as yep. he is, and he's won two. Um, been in AFC Championship game multiple times. You would say that the combination of him and Andy Reid and the success they've had, and the success they'll probably have going forward. Look, I can't predict because you know how hard it is to win Super Bowls. That Patrick Mahomes is going to win four or five more Super Bowls, but I'd have to believe he's good for one or two more at least. He he, good for at least one or two more. Um, yep. <laughs> I, I really believe that, and, I, and I'm not and I'm, I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm just being real. Like yeah. <laughs> the, the man just won a Super Bowl with no number one receivers. I don't, I don't know if anybody could do that. Like he he won yep. a Super Bowl with with two. Matter of fact, if you watch the Super Bowl, remember everybody got hurt. He went he didn't win the Super Bowl with with twos. He was winning it with threes. Like yes. You took that out of my mouth. These right. were wide receiver threes he's winning the Super Bowl with. Right, right. Yeah. So, so maybe you can say Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Dance, who you got? Uh I gotta put Patrick Mahomes up there too. Uh I for sure agree with you more on that one. Because I mean he's just he's special, man. I mean, every year it's like another Tom, he's like a miniature Tom Brady. He's going to Super Bowl almost every single year. And the way he does, he does it different ways with his arm, with his legs. Um, but we're talking all time, like all time, all time. Michael Jordan, man. Michael Jordan. I, I, I'm a 97 baby, but I mean, Michael Jordan, man. The GOAT, you know, I mean, as a player, he, he's a GOAT. Uh, the second, like I said, I got to put Patrick Mahomes. Um, and then we got to put third, Serena Williams. I got to get some women empowerment, man. The way she's done those grand slams and, and everything else like that, man, that's been huge. And in the, and, and the run that she did while she was pregnant too, I mean, you got to give kudos where it's due. Um, but all time, Michael Jordan, man. Signature shoe, you know, college, 
Bulls, all the finals, the accolades. I mean, hands down, man, you know, I think he's the best of all time. Yeah, uh, mine's, I'm going I'm to I'm go with the mine. I'm going to get most best of all time as well, but I'm going to go with mine's. As of right now, mine's is the best of all time. It's going to be kind of pretty under, under the radar. Uh, but, again, I'm going to go with Shoel Tani in baseball. I'm going to go with him. I think he's the best baseball player in the game. At this point right now, I think he's the most dominant baseball player in the game. As far as pitching, hitting, the Angels are just a bad overall baseball team. That's just all the deal. They just don't know how to put a pitch and stop together. They're just a bad overall baseball team. Now, you do got Mike Trout, who you can argue has been dominant since he stepped in the league. But now I think far as – uh, Shoel Tani for his pitching and doing it both on both sides. I think that makes him the most dominant. I think it's just going to have to take him to move away from the damn angels. It's going to take him to move away from the damn angels where you just really see how actually, you know, how actually uh, great he's going to be. Uh, and then I my, like that. I like that coach. Look, Otani yeah. is one of one. That yep. dude is, he, it, you're not, I mean, what he's able to do most of the times, if you can pitch like that, you're not hitting mm-hmm. like that. Like yes. he is a he is a monster. He is one of one. So that's a good yep. call. He's he yeah, like you said, he for the pitch like that. But he does he does it both. He hits fifty home. He'll hit fifty home runs, and he'll he'll win he'll win twenty games in pitching. And the games that the Angels do win because he pitch. That's when he pitch. When he pitch. So again, and then my my uh dominant player of all time. I'm not saying he's my all time. Michael Jordan is definitely my goat. He's my all time player. But under the radar, I'm going to go with Floyd Money Mayweather. Under the radar, I'm going to go with Floyd Money Mayweather. For what he's done, he's a very great promoter. But what he did for the sport of boxing, what he did in boxing, you know, after going through what he's going through, and a lot of people say, well, he 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 ran away from a lot of he ran away from a lot of people. Well, yeah, if you ask me, he got a shutout versus Canelo Alvarez. He got a shutout. He got a shutout versus him. What they they made said that was a majority decision. And what, what what a judge what a judge at now that made that decision she hasn't judged another uh she hasn't judged another match after that one after that after that down after that down uh wrong scorecard everybody knew that was a shutout right there Miguel Cotto was bigger than him he beat him and he's been dominating he dominated the sport of boxing for twenty goddamn years twenty goddamn years he was dominate able to dominate the sport of boxing but. I said my best, greatest boxer of all time was Muhammad Ali. That was my greatest boxer of all time. But Floyd Mayweather, to me, was on very underway radar. A lot of people may not like him, but again, the guy dominated dominated the sport really, really good, really, really heavily, and he dominated for about twenty years, man. He dominated for a really, really long time. Coach, and, like uh, you said, go ahead. Floyd, Floyd might be the greatest promoter of all time. Like, yeah. like. He's the guy maybe people love to hate, but you don't think he knows that? You don't think he yep. knows that pe- people was rooting for him to lose? Like, Floyd is an all-time great promoter. He's probably, the no, no doubt, the greatest defensive boxer I've ever seen. Like, like yep. he, he could just make you look really, really bad and counter <laughs> and catch you with that hand speed. Like, his movement, his movement. I used to think that the greatest defensive fighter I ever saw was Pernell Whitaker. Yep, yep. I, I actually think. Floyd put uh, Pernell second. That's how great a defensive fighter Floyd Mayweather is. Yep. And, I mean, he, he, to elaborate your point, after that fight with Canelo said, I just, I couldn't catch him. I couldn't catch him at all. Right. Couldn't catch him at all. That's how great his defense was and how smart he is and him being able to cut off the ring the way he does. 
and he does best, you know, to take away what you do best and keep you in the middle of that ring and counter punch you to death and to know every side of the ring, know what every side of that ring is. That's something uh, kind of really special. So, again, uh, we're going to go into uh, the NBA. We're going to go into the NBA. So we're going to talk uh, NBA standings and I'm going to give you guys uh, where we at now, where we at on this Tuesday, on this Tuesday morning. And, you know, Dez is already, look, Dez is already, he's already ready. He's already ready for the Denver Nuggets. We are, we already know Dez. We, we know, we know, we know he got you. So as of right now, coming into Tuesday morning, you got a two-game difference between Milwaukee and Boston for the uh, first and second seed with three games left. You got the two. You got um, – is Milwaukee – is it a lot? Is it a lot for Milwaukee? Or are you still giving Boston the opportunity for the two seed, for the one seed? It's still a lot. Y'all think it's a lot or not? I think Milwaukee holds on to the one seed. Yeah. It's not a lot, but I think they hold on to it. Okay, okay. So you got Philadelphia and you got Boston tonight. That's a lot. That's pretty much a lot. That's three games. That's three games. Though. That's pretty much a lot. Pretty much a lot. Unless Boston get on the major three game losing streak. But other than that, if Boston does lose three games, they still own the tiebreaker because you know Boston owns Philadelphia. They own Philadelphia in the playoffs. So no matter where you play, they own them. Uh, Cleveland got a good four and five matchup, man. Right here, man. Cleveland. That's the home court advantage right now. Over the uh, New York Knicks, man, that's going to be a very interesting series. That look like that series going to be a lot. That series pretty much uh, going to be a lot, yeah, because the Knicks are three games over, you know, the the uh, you no know, Brooklyn Nets. So that's pretty much a lot. I think those seeds, two seeds, going to play. That's the first round matchup between those two teams, right there. Uh, you got Brooklyn in sixth place. You got Brooklyn in sixth place, uh, right there. And you got uh, Miami in seventh place. They two games down from uh, they two games. They still can catch Brooklyn for the six seed. They still down two games. Uh, you got Toronto. You got Atlanta, who we both who we all mentioned yesterday morning. Who's to me my most disappointing team in the league. Thirty nine and thirty nine. You five. You got a Trey Young. Got coach Nate McMillan fired, and you still can you still can rally play five. You still playing five hundred basketball. So was it really the coach or it's the players that play on the court? So. Again, uh, you got uh, Washington, who's going to fall. Look like who's going to fall short. You got Chicago. You got Toronto at 39 and 39. That team may be different in the offseason. And you got Chicago, who's been on a really good run at 38 and 40. So, um, again, who's got the edge? Who would you take right now? It looked like it's a lot between four and five. With three games left, it looked like it's a lot between four and five. You got Cleveland and New York. Who you guys got in that series? Mo? I got to go with Cleveland. Yeah. I got to go with Cleveland because you got uh, Donovan Mitchell and then you have Mobley as well, big. Um, and they're playing at a good level right now. Um, they're playing strong. They're playing together. New York is playing strong as well, but um, I just think the size and length and, and Cleveland itself, um, when it comes to that playoff type atmosphere, that city definitely wraps around their basketball team and the team feeds off of that too. And Spider-Man coming um, – from the Utah, I mean, playing how he's playing and everything else like that. I mean, the last, I think, was the night before he dropped like 30-something points, which is not, it's not like, it's not saying that's not usual, but when he starts having those type of performances, he starts having a game. He starts having a streak for sure. So I go with Cleveland. Well, who you got right now in this series? I think Cleveland is the more explosive team when you talk about the combination of Mitchell 
and Garland, because both of those guards can break you down off the dribble. Both can explode. What, what I would say, though, is I think the Knicks, even though the, the Cavs, I think, are the four seed, are the, are the five. They're the four seed, right? And the Knicks are the five. The, the Knicks are the five, yep. Okay. I actually think the Knicks are the better team. I like Evan Mobley. In his develop, look, one day he is going to be all NBA. He's developing fast on both ends of the floor. But I actually think the Knicks are the better team. As talented as Garland and Mitchell are, and and I've heard so many people talk about how Mitchell should have been on the Knicks. Mitchell is a gifted player, but he's a streaky player. He's very streaky. For every game that he shoots 50%, he has a lot of games where he shoots in the low 30s. He's because he's a volume scorer. He's a volume scorer. I think the Knicks are more well-rounded team. And I know Julius Randle is injured, but when you look at quickly, when you look at Brunson, Brunson doesn't have the, the highlight reel that Donovan Mitchell has, but I would say as a player, I'm talking about the impact of the game, I'll roll with Brunson over Donovan Mitchell. That's how okay. much I think of Jalen Brunson. So I think the Knicks win that series. Okay. I like I like that. I like that. Um I have I have the Knicks winning that series also. I got the Knicks winning about seven. I'm a, I'm gonna say it goes seven. Uh, I think the Knicks have experienced the playoffs before. Uh, they experienced it last year. Uh, Cleveland, this is their first time actually uh, uh, being in the actual playoff uh, push in a while in the actual playoff series. And plus, the team is pretty young. Uh, I'm gonna take the Knicks. I think they're they're more experienced with Jalen Brunson, who has the Western Conference Finals experience. Uh, you have Julius Randle, who did have some playoff experience last year against the uh, uh, again last year. Pretty much, I don't think they make the playoffs. No, they didn't make the playoffs last year, the year before last. But he does have the experience. So, other than that, I think the Knicks uh, are the better team. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland take the series. I wouldn't ever be surprised on that. But I really like uh, what the New York Knicks did, and I really like what Coach Tom Thibodeau did. Uh, start having more trust in the young guys, and uh, you got uh, Derrick Rose on that bench, who's been a mentor and a leader of those uh, young guys. And I say, I'm just happy that Coach Thibodeau finally got out of his own way and say, hey, man, now I need to uh, play these young guys, play these young guys. And, again, he's playing the young guys and it's benefiting Manuel Quickly, Obi Topping, R.J. Barrett, Quinn Grimes. I love Quinn Grimes, man. Quinn Grimes is a bad man. Yeah, that's a bad dude. That dude can shoot the lights out, and he can play. He competes on the defensive side of the ball. That's one of my favorite guys, man. I really actually like Clint Grimes. Plus, played at University of Houston. I'm not a University of Houston fan. I'm a Longhorn fan, but I do respect where he played at, and he's from. He played at Houston, so glad that that's a good call, Mo. You did that. Congrats. You brought him up. I really love Quinn Grimes. That dude is really, really some good, especially he'll shoot a specimen, man. He can light it up in a hurry. So, um, we switched to the Western Conference. You already know we got them Denver Nuggets in first place. We already know you got them Denver Nuggets in first place. You know, he definitely cheesing about that. He loves it right now. <laughs> say what you got to say, Dez. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we coming, baby. We coming, man. We we coming. We coming. Hey, there you go. Let Freddie know you coming, huh? Let him know. Let him know, huh? <laughs> hey, tell him you ain't scared of you. They might scare them. They ain't scared of you, huh? <laughs> uh, so we got Denver first place at fifty-two and twenty-six. Uh, Memphis in second place uh, in forty-nine and twenty-nine. Not the season that. No, Memphis still having a good season, but again, went through some issues with John Morant. Maturity a little bit. They still could be borderline dangerous. 
uh, in a playoff series. Uh, Sacramento at 47 and 31. Mike Brown, coach of the year, pretty much. Coach of the year is my lock for the coach of the year. Um, Phoenix, 43 and 35. Phoenix, 43 and 35 as of right now. So the top three seeds, I think they're a lock at this point. Y'all think that they're a lock at this point. Would y'all agree upon that? I the think top so, three? yeah. I do. I think Denver, we play tonight, and the magic number to clinch the number one seed is one. Uh, so we just got to win one more game. I think once we win that game, I think you'll see Denver just sit everybody for the rest of the rest of the, the season to kind of get load management. Right. All right. So you got, uh, you know, the Clippers right behind Phoenix. You got the Clippers right behind. You got the Clippers and the Warriors and the Lakers are right behind Phoenix. Well, you got the uh, yeah, they they two games back. The Clippers and the Warriors are only two games back from the win column and three games from the loss column. And you got the Lakers right down behind both, behind both the Clippers and the Golden State Warriors. And you got the Pelicans right there behind all of those. So between five, I'm gonna say five, six, seven. Eight, they all within a game of each other. They all That's within crazy. the game of each other at that point. That is crazy. Uh, Utah is still not eliminated quite yet. Uh, the Mavericks are only one game behind OKC. They're not eliminated yet. They still can get into the 10th spot uh, with that 30, with that 37 and 42 record. Um, but again, uh, Minnesota, they're in a nice spot. They are 30, they're 39 and 40. Oklahoma City, uh, 38 and 41, who Mo just talked about. They can be a dangerous team. Uh, they they can be a dangerous team uh, as uh, the uh, years go on. Man, this team is already 38 and 41. They over very much overachieved, man. But to make it to a play-in tournament, no matter but the, no matter what, the, if they don't even make it to a play-in tournament, no matter what, this is still a heck of a season for the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're still an improved season, no matter if they make the playing playing tournament would be better for them to make it just to experience some type of playoff uh, run, some type of playoffs, uh, possibly can uh, win the game if everything break right. But if they don't, hey, man, they can lose the next three games. But guess what? It's still a great season for OKC. They still on par. Still a great season, Camp. This is nothing. OKC, you know, have nothing to be upset about. It's still a great season, man. Nobody expect them to have this great season. So at the slate of games we got tonight, we got Boston. We got Boston versus uh Philly. That's my a big question game. To, my question to you, Mo, will Philly get that first win over the Boston Celtics? Boston Celtics going for the sweep. We all know Philly can't beat Boston anything, no matter what it is. No matter what it is, it can be boxing, it can be uh UFC, <laughs> it can be anything. Probably even football. Uh, Philly can't beat Boston in any goddamn thing as of right now. They lost three playoff series to who? The Boston Celtics with a broken down Kemba Walker. Yes, they did. They got swept. I think they got swept in that series in the bubble right now. So will it be a night at home? 76 was close the last time they played. So guess what? Jason Tatum say, let me stop you right now. Let me hit this three and put and win this game. Mo, will it be the night the Sixers win the first game against Boston? No. <laughs> so you so you going sweet? No, it's sweet. It's, it's <laughs> the only way. Only way it's not a sweet was if the starting lineups are announced and Tatum and Brown arrested, right? Um, yeah. But but if both teams put out their starting fives, um, Boston's going to beat them. They're they're a bad matchup for Philly because because of their wings. 
Philly, Philly doesn't really have anybody that can slow them down. I know people PJ Tucker looks like he's lost a step. He really he can't guard either Brown or Tatum. And and look at their the guys that they have behind them. Brogdon mm-hmm. and White. Those guys are nice off the dribble. Like Boston has four guys that can beat you off the dribble, score, and create for others. That's a luxury that most teams don't have. The only other team that's probably that deep, but they're a little up and down, is the, is the Clippers. The Clippers get multiple wings that can score. Um, when you look at Kawhi, PG, uh, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, like even Batum can shoot the three. Like yeah. They've got multiple wings. But I think Boston, when you've got two dominant wings like Tatum, and by the way, both of them play defense. They both compete on defense too. Yep. I it's it's nothing against Philly. When you look at Philly, and they're predictable too. What are they gonna do? Yep. If if Embiid doesn't get in the post, they just run high screen and roll with him and Harden the whole game. And they yes, just it, yep. do it over and over and over and over. So when you got a guy who's a solid player like Tobias Harris, and all they do is spot him up in the corner, they just sit yep. Tobias Harris in the corner. Um, nobody guards PJ Tucker. And you you lock in on Maxi because Maxi's the only guy other than Harden that can break people down off the dribble. Philly yep. only has two guys that can break you down off the dribble. Everybody else is de- is dependent upon Harden, Maxi, and Embiid. They're kind of predictable. That's why I don't think they can beat Boston. Yep, I, I don't you can't convince me either. I'm right there with you, Des. You think Philadelphia get that get that win tonight? Get that elusive win. Uh, if they do, but I believe that no. they, uh, I believe if, they, if the Sixers do, if the this Sixers do somehow beat Boston tonight, this is their NBA Finals. I think this is their NBA Finals right here if they end up beating Boston. Do you think they beat Boston tonight? No, I, I don't think so. Uh, and the reason why I say no, uh-uh, it's not going to happen. Joel Embiid, I, I like him as a player, but like Mo said, they if he get in the paint, they just do hardening him you know, screens and Harris is in the corner. Um, and like you said, it depends on who they start to. If they say, Hey, uh, Tatum's out, whatever, we may have a different game, but even Boston's bench is stronger than the uh, Philly's bench. You know, uh, the ball handling Brogdon. I mean, that was a great pickup on the offseason. a great pickup. I mean, and then you got white as well, ball dominant, can pass the ball, facilitate, move the ball. And that, and that's the big thing we've, I've seen, even in the NCAA tournament, ball movement. What's your ball movement like? Because if you're just so stagnant and you just do one, two, kick out, pick and roll, it's not going to help, you know. And Philly, it, it, it's a team where they, they have high aspirations, but then what happens is when it gets to the postseason, they fold, you yep. know. And and we say, okay, Joel, you know, Embiid's in the MVP, MVP conversation. And the reason why I say Jokic all the time, too, look what he brings to the table, though. You know, and you know Jokic will give you a double-double, and he ain't got to have the ball to shoot. Joel Embiid, for the 76ers to win or to have a chance, he has to at least be in the paint and have the ball most of the game, you know. Um, and with James Harden, if his shot's not going, then you definitely not getting buckets. So, it, to me, it depends on the starting lineup, but Philly has never beaten Boston, man. It, it's just crazy to me. Like, <laughs> it, is, it, is, it, is it in Boston? Is it in Boston? It's in Philly. It's in Philly. Uh yeah, I, I still give it to Boston, you know. <laughs> you know, even yeah, if it's a change of venue, it is still not going to change it. You know, and I feel like sometimes Joel Embiid takes plays off. When you get back on defense, you get back on defense. You just don't run and you get mad, you know. Um, I think if, like I said, because there's what, two two more games left after this? After this, yeah, it will be two more games. Uh, 
Yeah, it might be. Like you say, we got we to see about the starting lineups because it could be a low management type game where you don't see your starters. But if you're playing your starting five with both teams, Boston just out hustles, out plays, they're physical. And you got to give credit to their new coach too as well. That new coach with the whole situation with their other coach has turned that organization around and they're a scary team in the East. Um, I see Boston probably going to the Eastern Conference Finals with Milwaukee. Um, and that's just my opinion. I do not see Philly getting past the second round because the fact they get to a certain point and they just get stagnant. You can't be stagnant. So um, I got to give it to Boston. Yep. So, uh, so what you're saying yeah. is this is Doc Rivers' last season in Philly. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 he's on the hot seat. You, 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 got, you got Joel Embiid. You have James Harden. You got Maxie that's an up and rising player. I mean, he's yeah. definitely improved his game. Even when we when they played Denver here, they were a tough team, you know. And um I just feel like Doc Rivers always has the pieces, but then when it comes to the players and they get right there, he's always right there, you know, to the finals or or getting close to it, and he loses. He's right there. I think the last time was when it was with Boston, when he was really successful with Boston with Rondo, Paul Pierce. But the difference between that team and now, everybody had their role. Nobody was selfish. This team with Philly, MB is not selfish, but if he don't get, you know, the ball most of the game, he gets really pouty, you know. So I just feel that Doc Rivers, if he doesn't turn around this season or at least get him close to at least the Eastern Conference Finals, it's going to be a front office talk and say, hey, we gave you all the pieces. We gave you everybody. I mean, James Harden, we did the trades, everything. What's going on? Well, didn't they bring Doc in to be the difference maker? My, my thing about Doc is he seems to be less a tactician and more of like a motivator. He, yep. he doesn't really make adjustments. They don't run a lot of set plays. Their their offense is predicated off of pick and pop or pick and roll between Embiid and Harden. Um, and when that doesn't work, they get stagnant. They're Here's the thing about Philly, too. Embiid can score 40, and they can still lose. You yep. know what I'm saying? They can still exactly. Lose because exactly. there are nights when Harris disappears, nights when Harden go three for 18 or something like that. They can still lose, and he can look dominant offensively. Yep. I, I just don't think they're that well-rounded a team. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and then one more one more thing. Uh, I know Freddie's in the chat. He said we will eliminate them today. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I this is the only time I agree with Freddie. I, if the Lakers and Philly played each other one game, Philly, I mean, it, it, Philly would not just have a chance because LeBron. I mean, LeBron James is a different maker. Harris, his defensive game is not what it used to be either. That's one thing I got to point out, too. He's missing a step, too. Um, yep. But I got to agree with Freddie on that one. I see it on the chat. Uh, yeah, uh, so the injury report is, uh, Robert Williams is out for tonight for the Boston Celtics, and Jalen Brown is doubtful, so it's a chance that he could play. So basically, it shows no indication that their starting lineup is really not playing. And I want to get into uh, really this before we move down to the next slate of games. Now, if you're going to criticize Nikola Jokic about him not making it to a championship or whatever height, if he comes short this year of the NBA Finals or if he gets to the Western Conference Finals, but Joel and B too, you gotta have the same energy. You can't get past a damn second round of playoffs, no matter how great you is. You gotta hold some slander to him too. You gotta hold him a slam slander if you're gonna do it to Jokic. If you're gonna do it to Jokic, it's not fair. It's not. It's not fair to not do it to Joel and B for a person who can't get out the second round and who loses early in the playoffs, especially for a player that went that advanced in the playoffs 
advanced in the uh, Western Conference Finals that went to second-round matchups. The same thing, the same round that Joel Embiid consistently loses in, it's not fair. You can't have it uh, one way. You got to be both ways. If you're going to do Jokic like right. that, you got to do Joel Embiid the same way. He's a great player. We're not saying he's the reason why they're losing. But if you're going to say, hey, Jokic don't play any any type of defense and you're going to – and Jokic put up these great performances, and you're going to say it's not good enough to put your team over the top that you the star player? Same goddamn thing go to Joel Embiid. It's not good enough. You got to get your team out of the second damn round, no matter what players you got. You mean to tell me with that lineup that Jokic had last year against Golden State Warriors and still got him a win and still carried him to a game, you're going to say who's beat, who's winning any playoff series with that lineup that Jokic had when Aaron going down in your second best player? Who's winning that? Who's winning Who's winning a playoff game with that damn team? Right there with that team. Forget, people forget that they were down Jamal Murray. Um, yes. I think I think I think Porter was hurt again. Um, it really was just him and Aaron Gordon, and they got a win. And I thought for sure that was going to be a sweep. Yep. Uh, so yep. that 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 really was about how good he is. And you're right. Let's hold Embiid accountable the same way we hold Jokic accountable. You, yep. you know what? Everybody says the return of the big man. I'm not so sure about that. It's hard to win a title with the way the game's played. Yes. The dominant big. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Giannis is different from the other two because he can play. He can play in an open floor. He's totally different. He's a big, but he's unique because he can beat people off the dribble. And and he just outworks you. Like he he attacks 50-50 balls the way a role player would. Um, he he has a motor that very few people can match. I don't think right now Jokic or Embiid are gonna win titles anytime. It's hard to win a title with a big man when the best players play on the perimeter. There's certain things the big man can't control, and they can't control if the other teams have dominant wings. You can't guard them. Yeah, it, it, yep. it's a it's a this league is different. I'm not saying that you can't have success with a big man. I don't think you can win a title unless that big man has a dominant wing beside him. He's got to have sort of like the Kobe Shaq thing. You had to have somebody on the outside that can balance out what Shaq did on the inside. As good as Jamal Murray is, I don't know if he's that dude for Joker. And I know, look, James Harden is really good, and I do like the way that he's turned himself into a facilitator. But I don't think with this version of Harden, you can win a title. Yep. Yep. Definitely, definitely agree with that. So I had to bring up that little slander right there because everybody says <laughs> Jokic is kind of over, overrated. And yeah. if you're gonna throw, if you're gonna throw, and then Jokic, you know, very much to win his third straight MVP. But if you're gonna complain about Jokic not playing any defense, well, defensive rebounding is part of the defensive side of the ball anyway. But if you're gonna complain about Jokic overrated, he can't get his team pat he right on him about the first round last year with the team he had, or if he can't get a pot, I don't, uh, can't get to the championship or Western Conference Finals, well, Joel Embiid hasn't even been close. And how great he is. He hasn't been close. So the same slander goes for Joel Embiid that if you guys are going to hold Jokic to that, same slander for Joel Embiid. You got to hold him to that too, no matter how great he is. You got to hold him to that. He can't get out the second round. So it's never good enough. So if you're going to do that to Jokic, same same thing goes to Joel Embiid. He's not exactly. just not good enough. Just not good enough. Uh, so, got the Toronto Raptors versus the uh, Hornets tonight. They are thirty nine to thirty nine. Mo, will this be will this be a Raptors night? Should be against the Charlotte Hornets, but what? It, it what should it be. be. Okay. Uh, I expect the Raptors to win, but I say this about the Raptors: when you look at that team, I'm talking about the talent on the team. 
They've got mm-hmm. a lot of players that a lot of teams would want on their team. Yeah, when you, you know what I mean. I'm talking about Siakam, Van Fleet. Um, uh, they they just have a lot of talent. Oh, uh, uh, OG Anubi. They have a lot of talent, but they don't have any one guy. I think you can build around. They have a lot of good pieces, but I think they have a lot of the same pieces. I think that's one of those teams that that they're going to be rebuilding. They they need to break that that core up and start from scratch because I think it's it's obvious that that core it's run its course. And, and it's not to say it's all about the players because we're talking about some really talented players, but there's not a superstar or what I would call a perennial all star on that team. I, I I really look at that team and go they've got pieces that everybody would want, but nobody that you could build around. Yep. Yep. Uh this should is the Raptors gonna get this win or somehow Charlotte's gonna come out to play. <laughs> I gotta give it to Toronto. I mean, Charlotte they had it they didn't they, they just need to wrap this season up, start fresh. They need to wrap it up, you know. Uh Toronto <laughs> like like, 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 like Mo said, though, I mean, Toronto is one is that team that has pieces where when you look at the trade deadline, teams were calling. I mean, you have yes. Obi Jeminobi. I, yeah. I may mispronounce the name. Uh, Pascal Siakam, which he was an all star. But like you say, he's kind of falling off a little bit. They don't have that that guy, that dude, as Deion Sanders says, that dude, you know, where you can build around. You know, you're having, you know, Fred Van Pleet and they're saying that's kind of like the core guy. But I mean. There was talks during the offseason, was he going to you know, stay in Toronto, you know? So um, I got to give it to Toronto. Uh, Nick Nurse, the coach, definitely a, a great coach in this league. Um, I think they get the win. Away. And after that, you know, the next game, they can just rest up, get ready, because playoffs are coming, man. They're coming. I mean, the, the play-in starts, what, April 11th? It's coming right around the corner. Um, but I feel that, you know, Charlotte just can't compete. I mean, you got lengthy guys, too. Toronto has some lengthy guys where mm-hmm. – I mean, they, they pressure on defense. They can shoot the three. They can pick and roll. And all those guys kind of have, like, the same skill set where the point is after this offseason, Toronto will have to blow it up. But they just got to get the W, and then they can just rest up for the playoffs. That's what that's what I think. But Toronto's definitely in the dub. All right. So, next game, I mean, Miami Heat ain't played their best this year. We can argue that. But, again, if they can find a way to get the sixth seed, I think this is a team that's going to get Philadelphia a problem. I think Miami will pose more problems to to uh, Philadelphia than I think Brooklyn could pose. Because Miami, I think to me they're a playoff team. They 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 get up for a playoff. They get up in the playoff stretch. They play better as in a playoff stretch. If you can game plan for a seven game series, Eric Spoelstra, Jimmy Butler, that would be tough for a team like Philadelphia, especially for a team that's already had success against the Philadelphia 76 or So they in Detroit tonight, Mo. Uh, what you think will happen in Detroit? Will Miami beat Detroit in Detroit tonight? I think so, because I think Miami still got something to play for. They want that six seed. They want to get to that six seed. I, I think they like the matchup with the Sixers. So, yeah, I think Miami does win tonight. Des, what you think? You think they'll win tonight? Uh, Miami, for sure. Miami's want, Miami wants that smoke. They want that smoke. And with Miami, you think about what the pieces they have. They have Bam Adebayo, perennial all-star. Um, Duncan Robinson, shooter. I mean, they got Tyler Hero, shooter, that can get hot in the playoffs. And we've seen it in the playoffs. They get hot when they shoot. Um, and then you have, um, I think they still have the guard, uh, Kyle Lowry, they still have as well, which has yeah. some playoff experience as well. Um, they're definitely going to get the dub. When teams 
know and they start to understand the sand the standings in the playoffs and stuff like that for teams in the four or five and six and the way it is in the west and the east they are already like okay let's what can we do you know and at the same time they're jockeying for position and now it's like it's winner go home moment you know one loss can set you back one now you're playing a different team right. you know and that matchup may not be in your favor <clears throat> but like mo said they played the 76ers they have success with the 76ers that matchup you think bam out of bio and Embiid's a good matchup that's a good matchup to see because Bam Adebayo, I think, is way more physical than Embiid. Plays with more passion, more energy. And with Eric Spolcher, he has that playoff experience. Um, so I got to give the win to Miami. They're going to get that six seed. They're going to wrap it up. And they want that smoke because you think about it, when a team gets a position like that in the playoffs, they are, are game planning ahead of time. Their assistants, everybody watching film, they ready for it. And they played them before, so they already know what to expect. I think yep. Bam can use his quickness and his and his ability to run because Bam doesn't run like a center. Bam runs like a like a wing. Yeah, and I, I, I think Bam can run and beat. And B doesn't want to run. He can run and beat him. He can that that's how he evens out with Embiid's size and his strength. He runs him. Um, look, Embiid might be the most talented center, but he's not the most well conditioned. So yep. I, I I think Bam can run him. That's Embiid does not want to run. So exactly, I like the Miami Heat versus the Sixers in the first round. Not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they'll win, but I like yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be a good matchup. And one thing too, the bench bench plays a big factor in the playoffs, man. Your bench yeah. and Jimmy buckets, they got that defensive presence. Miami does. They got that defensive presence. And we all said like, you can't be stagnant as a Philadelphia offense and try to do pick and pop. That's not going to really work with uh, Miami because Miami's in the East and you, most of these East teams, when they have big men, try to do the exact same thing and it doesn't really work out. Even when Miami played Denver here, they played Jokic straight up. They played Jokic straight up. We won that game by shooting, not by in the paint. Yep. Uh, so we got possibly a trap game because Orlando has been really good season this year for Orlando. Especially the last two years for what they had, 34 and 44. Got an upcoming star in Pablo this year. You had Markel Folks, who's been really good, who's been solid when he's back, especially Philadelphia. Everybody that leaves Philadelphia uh, gets better, too. That's one thing about Philadelphia, too. Uh, people will tell you about that. One thing about Philadelphia, you leave them, you leave. They, they get better. Isaiah Joe turned into one of the best three-point shooters over there. And, okay, see, now Matisse Thibel can make threes all of a sudden. He can make threes over there at Portland all of a sudden. So, again, you got the uh, – but you got Cleveland going into Orlando. Mo, you think this is a win or, or it's an upset? Is is Cleveland locked into that that four seed? I think, that they're, seed locked. Or, or, I think they're locked. I think that's a lock. That's a lock. Yep. I think if they're locked in, then I, I would look for Orlando with the upset because I think that you you want Mitchell, you want Garland, you want Mobley, you want those guys going into the playoffs healthy. Um, so I, I doubt if all of them play. Yep. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I agree with Mo on this one. If they already locked it up, like I said, when teams jog for position and they know what to lock, they will start doing load management. Some guys – um, will not even play like Denver right now. We've they said it was Jokic with the calf. It actually is a calf, but I think it's a little bit of low, a little bit of both a low management and a calf. But then you kind of see what you have in your stars, seeing your bench. So I feel uh, Orlando gets the win. Cleveland gets a rest. Cleveland can kind of see who they got on their bench, see who they can, you know, probably put a wrinkle into their playoffs uh, uh, hopes. You know, see if you know upcoming star it's on the bench. Hey, can get hot, get twenty, maybe 10, 15 points a game. Um, but I think is it in Cleveland too? 
Or is it in Orlando? Not, it's Orlando? It's in Orlando. Yeah, in Orlando. Yeah, I give it to Orlando. You know, it's it's one of those things like Cleveland's already locked it in. Not saying they're giving up the game, but it's it's going to be a game where it's just low management. Yep. So uh, again, we got we got uh, Milwaukee in Washington tonight. Uh, the I'm gonna give y'all the the uh, the report to see who's all playing, who's not gonna be that. So that would make your decision kind of easier. Middleton out, Grayson Allen out, Myers Leonard. Nobody cares about that, but he's doubtful. You know, uh, Javon Carter, who's been actually a dark horse, really good for. You know, uh, Milwaukee, he's doubtful. But on the other side, Kuzma, out. Monte Morris, out. Bradley Beal, out. Porzingis, out. So that's half they, that's they starting five. So All right, so Milwaukee got this. <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee got this. Hey. Look, Gian, might put, I mean, if he needs to, he might go for 35 or 40. I, I think Milwaukee got this. Dad, you gonna take a real bad? <laughs> no, I'm thinking about it. Uh, I say Milwaukee, man. Washington's not even in the playoff race, correct? They're they're out, right? No, no. I think it's time for Bradley Beal to get the hell up out of here. Yeah, they, they they what they did is they said we done, we done, we they yeah. no, yeah. you know. But like I said, that's not fair to the fans because now you're gonna see mostly what bench players play. Yeah. So I guess you get to see what's in your future and see what's on your bench. And I think for Milwaukee, uh, with the players they have out, Middleton's out, right? Correct. Giannis is going to be that that main guy to score. Um, Grayson Allen's more of a defensive guy as well. He can shoot the three, but he's more defense as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Giannis have a triple-double tonight, to be honest with you. You might. So we got another uh, pretty much – well, I'm not going to say it's a trap game. This this team can win this game. And, again, the injury report, you got none on the Brooklyn side. And Brooklyn is at home. You got none on that side. But you do got some concerns on the Timberwolves side. Carl Anthony Town just came back. Nas Reed, that's a huge loss. That's a huge loss to Minnesota for how he's been playing this year. That's a hell of a loss, and that loss may very well hurt them. But he's out. You know, he may be done. He may be done for the rest of this season. Carl Anthony Towns, doubtful. Jaden Howell, their backup point guard. He's been out for some time. Austin Rivers is doubtful. Uh, Mo, who you got? Well, Minnesota needs this game. They yeah. need, they're still trying to fight. They're still fighting for the playoffs. They need this game, but I don't think they're gonna get it. I think I, I think I think they I think they take another L. Okay. Yeah, I gotta agree with Mo on this one. I mean, is you said Carlton Towns is doubtful? Yeah, he's doubtful. Does he's he have like doubtful. an injury or is it just just straight up just he just mm. I mean <laughs> I, like, I'm sorry, the reason I say that because you yeah, need this game. If if I'm yeah, him, hey, yeah. I'm hey, whatever I'm feeling, we need to get in. I'm gonna do whatever I need to do. I um, mean, you have the greatest players when they hurt and they know they down a game or they trying to get in. I would do whatever I can. Um, the other players that are out, except the backup point guard, Austin Rivers doesn't really play much. He just shoot threes, yeah. spacer type guy. Um, Reeves that definitely hurts them because they definitely need a guy like that. Um, but I, I gotta give, I gotta agree with Mo on this one, man. I, I don't think the Timberwolves. I mean. If I'm Carl Anthony Towns, you're trying to make the playoffs. You know, it, it, I mean, the Wolves are are starting to come up. They had a decent season, but it, it, you got to think about it. even if you play and you don't make it, look what you who you attract as free agency, man. You know, yep. you got Gobert, which doesn't do much, but I mean, you got two big men. You could attract more players. That's the I would just give it all I got. You know, if I was Minnesota, though. Yep. 
that's the problem. Somebody should fire that GM. That was, <laughs> was terrible. You gave yep. up four number ones for Gobert, and you might not make the playoffs. Yep. Wait, wait, who's their who's their GM? Who's their GM? Somehow, I don't know, but he should be fired. Because I know the Nuggets' old GM went to, I think he went to, I think he went to Minnesota. I think Tim Conley. That may be we we. I'm not for sure who's. The GM. I think it might be well, Tim Conley because it do be doing it. How do you give up all that, and you might not make the playoffs? Told, I told, told if I'm Carl Towns, and I'm and I'm looking at that. If I'm Anthony Edwards, and I'm looking at that. I want to sign up for more of that because that's what you sign. Look, Gobert is what he is, but yep. they traded for him like he was a franchise player. They traded that's for him. Everybody was jumping up and down about, what? oh, this is gonna improve Minnesota. No, it's not Minnesota. Not very good. <laughs> no. not very good you see where they are right now. They still right. Right. fighting the playoffs. And it took, like I say, this, and this is what I'm saying. Like, one, I believe on, on when we do our podcast Friday, the NBA side with Kool McCain, and I said, who's the most underrated player, overrated player in the game? This is why I named Carl Anthony Towns. Because. When you were in the playoffs last year and against the Houston Rockets, he voted up on the pressure. But it took Anthony Edwards just to come in, just to come in, just for him to make the play. If you look at Carl Anthony Towns' career, by him as the number one guy, he could not make the he could not do anything or make the playoffs. But you get Jimmy Butler, what do they do? They make the playoffs. Jimmy Butler leaves, what do they do? They go back on a playoff on a non-playoff drop. Anthony Edwards comes in, didn't make the playoffs the first time, but his second year, Anthony Edwards, what did they do? They make the playoffs. They make the playoffs. Now, Carl Anthony Towns has to have another guy on the side of him, especially a guard that can come in and contribute and be that stud. So, like I say, I think Anthony Edwards more of the Timberwolves franchise player than Carl yeah, Anthony it's Towns. It's his team. It's yeah, it's, I think it's more of an Anthony Edwards type of team more than the Carl Anthony Towns team. Carl Anthony Towns cannot lead a championship type of team. Anthony no. Edwards has a better chance than Carl Anthony Towns as a right. right as a right now. Right. Not saying Carl Anthony Towns is not great. He's he he's a very good player. He's a very good player. I'm not gonna say he's a superstar. He's a very good he's player. Not. He's a very good player, but he's also overrated because again. He cannot lead Minnesota even to sniff the playoffs. You, Carl Anthony Edwards had to come in, and they made the playoffs with him in his second year. With him in his second year to emerge for them to be a just for them to be a playoff team. That's not a good look for Carl Anthony Towns. Yes, you can average a double double. You can shoot forty percent from the three, but at some point, I would you would think you would you would have an impact on your team making a playoff, uh, making a playoff push. But other than that. Cat's, Cat's, Cat's a number one talent. Yeah, but he's yep. got the he's got the mentality of a number two. He he, yep. he he's he's not that guy. He's not. And because of what they did with Gobert, you have to look at that team going forward. Like yep. you said, that's Anthony Edwards. If that's Ant's team, yep. you can't get you can't get rid of Gobert. No, nobody's gonna nobody. <laughs> So, no, I'm being, so we both know that you can't get no, rid of no, Gobert. No, no. But if you're gonna help Ant, Ant out. You got to move towns. Yep. That's, that's the asset that you can move that has value that can help Ant out because I, 
the idea of putting towns and go bear together that, that didn't make any sense anyway. It didn't make any sense. It that didn't make any sense anyway. It didn't make any sense at all. They were trying to make the twin towers, man. They were trying to make the twin towers, and, and they're big men. Big men do not control the game, man. Uh, Mo, I, I agree with you on that one because you got to have spacers. You got to have a wing. You got to have somebody that's other ball dominant because the other two, they're 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 post. They're post. Right. What is it going to be the mid range and 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 uh, defenses? And Gobert is really slow. He is yep. really slow, especially when he's little pick and rolls. Even when he was with Utah with uh, Spider, really slow. Can't shoot free throws. Barely shoots good on the three. Um, and the cap space with with his cap number is so dang high yeah. for a player of his caliber and the age. I was just like, yeah, get out of here. But and they eat him alive. Yeah, exactly. In Minnesota, they got to look at it this offseason. If they don't win tonight, they got to look at this offseason, have a sit down, and say, hey, what are we going to do? What? Because yeah. you can attract free agents, but the thing is, is what are you gonna do? You got to get rid of Carly Towns, and he doesn't seem happy at all either. In my opinion, he doesn't seem happy in Minnesota, anyways. Because um, once that trade happened, I felt like that was a kind of a little bit of slap in the face of Carly Towns. Because I mean, wh why would you need another piece? Vanderbilt that was going with the Lakers right now is actually playing great. When he was with Denver, he was playing great, high energy, young, and they had a great group when they traded D'Angelo Russell and everybody else. So. Yep. Minnesota has a look in the mirror and say, hey, we, we need to do better. What can we do? You need another uh, superstar uh, behind um, um, Edwards because he's yeah. young and he wants to stay hungry. You want to – that's just his team. It's his team. Yeah, put another wing out there with Amp or or, yeah. or, or a point or a scoring point guard. Uh, we talk about Dame Lillard. That that wouldn't be a terrible place. Put Dame with no. Amp. That, that could work. But That's know, a scary team. Like Coach said, Towns is not that dude. And because you can't move Gobert because of what you gave up, mm -hmm. you got to move Towns and get back some assets that can help Ant. Because if you don't help Ant out, Ant's going to bounce. Yep. Yep. And, and again, gonna bounce. I tell people this all the time before we move on to the next game. Tell people this all the time. Yes, you want to look at who the team got in the trade, but you also want to look at who you lost. When you lost Jerry Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly, when you lost those guys, Hey, that 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 was that that mean a lot. That mean a lot. Jerry Bill, Jerry Vanderbilt meant a lot to the squad. He meant a lot to Utah as well. And look what he's doing. Look what he's doing with the Lakers. He's been every every everything I expect him. And guess who he's from? He's from the city of Houston. So I did. I, I covered him. Watched him a lot. Watched him actually a lot. Impact games on both sides on both sides of the ball. So that's one of my favorite guys, man. Definitely respect Jerry Vanderbilt. So. Yeah, we have the Red Hot Chicago Bulls at home versus, you know, our favorite team, the inconsistent Atlanta Hawks. Tonight, the the uh, update, injury update, Trey Young is doubtful. DeAndre Hunter, he's never on the floor. He's going to be out. Caruso doubtful. Javante Green doubtful. Will it matter, uh, Mo, tonight who wins this game? It matters for Chicago because they're still, you know, they're they're, yep. they're they're planning on making the postseason, and they they kind of peaked at the right time. They've played well over the last ten yep. games. Yep. If you can get into the playoffs and you've got two dynamic wing players like they do with with uh, Levine and of course um, DeRozan, they could cause problems. They can give you and don't forget Vucevic is a big that can post and he can step away and shoot the three. So offensively. Yep. They can give some teams some problems. Um, I think Chicago wins tonight because they, they're on a mission. They're trying to get into the postseason. Atlanta looks like they're folding it in. It looks like a team that's broken. Um, yep. And like you said, I had high hopes um, for DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hunter when he came in. 
And yep. it's not that he didn't have talent. He's just always unavailable. He's always yep. hurt or nicked up. Um, and, and that probably plays into some of the struggles the team have. Their rotations, their lineups. Hunter's always hurt. Uh, Collins is lost in the shuffle. They don't even use him properly. He just It's nope. almost like he's not even on the team. And so you've put everything basically on those two guards, and that's asking a lot. I'm, I, I'm not excusing anything, but I'm just saying that people killed Nate and Quinn Snyder came in. He hasn't done any better than Nate. I got to agree with Ma on everything on that, man, because Bulls are up and rising, you know, really on a hot streak. And they, they peaked at the right time because the playoffs are coming up. And I feel like uh, a win tonight would bring some more momentum. Um, and they're healthy. That's the biggest thing. They're getting healthy but, uh, besides uh, ball. But I mean, besides that, they've already patched that up, moving on forward. Um, and they move the ball. Ball movement. They have two scores that can do it. Vucevic as well, which I mean, I, that's just a gift. For Chicago, I mean, when he came from Orlando, he was shooting, making numbers like Jokic. I mean, double, double, mm -hmm. triple, double, perennial all-star, uh, their bench as well. And for Atlanta, it's really disappointing because I had high hopes after even that, that trade that happened. Um, yeah. And you put too much pressure on those two guards, you know, and uh, this will probably be a season for Trey Young to do some reflection. It's not all about you. This is your team, but you have to be willing to share the sugar. You know, you need. Uh, Collins back in that lineup. What they did to him, I think what they need to do this offseason. Um, and I know he wants to go. They should just, you know, let him go or see what they can get in future assets because you're not even playing him. The guy plays with high energy. I mean, the guy was, I think, in the all-star conversation two or three years ago. Um, yeah. and really high energy. I mean, even when they were in the playoffs when Trey Young was like really coming out fresh young and they made the playoffs, you can see uh Collins with high energy and uh with Snyder, um, he's not doing any as well as McMillan. Um, and I do not I can't really blame them, though, because look at the roster you have. The roster keeps on changing like it's a baseball lineup. And that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like I said, this offseason, the Hawks definitely have to do a, a look in the mirror in the in their free uh, free agency, their front office, um, because that city needs something. Uh, something to be happy about. I mean, even their football team is not as great, but they're getting more hype because, uh, you know, the change of the quarterback and everything else like that. But they definitely need to have a look in the mirror in the offseason for the Hawks, but I got to give it to Chicago in this one. They're hungry. This this play, this play game tonight will definitely uh, boost their confidence um, into the playoffs, and uh, they'll be ready to go. Yep. So uh, the next game, I, I hope I don't have to – well, I'm going to say again. Uh, we got the Denver Nuggets going against, you know, my Houston Rockets. Uh, and it's pretty tough to be a Rocket fan. But like I say, I understand the consequence. We were not going to have a good season any goddamn way. So as a Rocket fan, you know, hey, it is what it is. You just want to see the young guys improve. And I'm seeing half of that. I'm seeing some of that this year. Seeing Jabari Smith come along and be and be starting to know how to play like himself, play like he played at Auburn. Otherwise, Denver, the injury report, it was not an injury report to me. I think I just think Denver knows they're kind of resting some guys. But Nikola Jokic, doubtful. Jamal Murray, doubtful. Zeke Naji, doubtful. Colin Gillespie is, is doubtful. For the Rockets, Jay Sean Tate is out. He needs to stay out. You've been out the whole goddamn year. Don't bring him back in the damn lineup. Let him sit out. We only got two games in the season. Let him sit out. Coach Steven Silas. Coach Steven Silas is going to be canned after this year. Thank God I don't have to see him after this year. They should Knicks should go back to the G League. Not a very good type of player, but other than that, I'm okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, Mo, who you going for in this game? Who you got? I think the Rockets win. 
Oh, I do. I think the Rockets win. They, I think, I those, young, I think those young dudes are gonna come in aggressive and 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 they're gonna play with house money. I think the Rockets pull it out. There's who you want. Uh, you said Zeke Naji is out, right? Yeah, he's doubtful. He's, he's doubtful. doubtful. Uh, so with Denver, and I think all the fans in Denver notice this: when you have our benches become our little the weakness, right? Well, I think we talked this in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jokic's calf is a real thing. I mean, he's been out for I think what two or three games, and it's a real thing. Jamal Murray. They're one game shy of clinching the one seed, essentially. I, I don't think they're going to play them. I think it's low management. Um, Zeke Nagy, if he doesn't play, that's going to be a problem, you know, uh, because he kind of helps uh, complement that bench with another big man presence because um, who we traded for from the Lakers, Brian, he really hasn't showed up in the lineup. Um, and he's had less minutes with the Nuggets than he, he didn't he had with the Lakers. And he was doing way better with the Lakers. Um, I don't know if it's system, fit, altitude. I don't know what it is, but he's definitely not getting it. Um, I might say Houston in this one, but I love my Nuggets. So I think Denver will pull it out. The player to watch for, two players, Peyton Watson from UCLA, the rookie. He has a defensive presence. And Christian Braun. They are coming up. Um, And the other player, if you don't have Jokic or Murray, this might be a game for Porter to go off and shoot threes. He's our... He's, I think, legitimately the He's third or fourth best scorer. But uh, if you don't have Jokic or Murray, you might have an Aaron Gordon, Porter, and Christian Braun with a little bit of Peyton Watson and probably KCP tonight. I say probably 110-97 win, some around yeah. that range. Pretty solid, pretty solid. So we got the next game, someone, and, you know, may turn into a butt-whooping real fast, just opinions. Oh, uh, you got the Portland Trailblazers going into Memphis. Might turn into a to a kind of solid beatdown, and uh, as the uh, moment goes on, probably in that second half. So you got no, you got no injuries really like that for you know the Grizzlies. I mean, you got a doubtful, but you got Dylan Brooks. Think don't think it too much will matter to Memphis because due to the game is in Memphis. No, not Portland. You got Nasir Littles out. You got Cam Reddish. Uh, Cam Reddish, he's uh doubtful. You got Kevin Knox, he can't find his way into the league. Uh, he can't find his way that he can't catch a break. You got Javon Watford, who's pretty good, who's pretty good, and you got Matisse Thib- Thibel, who's doubtful. Um, don't think it really will matter. They can, I mean, Portland can play every half they whole team. I don't think they still beat Memphis no. in this game. So who you got, uh, Mo? I got Memphis. Um, I, I suspect Memphis will pull away at some point. I don't think it's gonna be a close game. All right. Is it at home in Memphis? Is it? Yeah, it's definitely. Not. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, and, and there's no injuries for uh, Memphis, correct? No injuries for them. No, no out. No. It's gonna be a game where Memphis wins. John Moran gonna get his swagger back. We're gonna see all the ESPN. He probably might go for 20, 10, and five. You know, um, they they gotta get their groove back a little bit because. With that whole John Moran situation that happened here in Denver and everything else in the club situation, he's getting his little swagger back to maturity. Um, I think it'd be a game for a confidence booster. You don't have to spank him, but a confidence booster where John Moran feels comfortable. <laughs> the the player, the player, <laughs> the player I need to see for Memphis to, and I just don't feel comfortable. I, I and I and this player has been always in the NBA news, really physical. He reminds me a little of a little Matt Barnes, Dylan Brooks. He yeah. needs to kind of. I think this is a game where he kind of goes off a little bit. You need a little bit more excitement because you have John Morant. You have those pieces, Jared Jackson and stuff like that. But 
I just want to see a solid game from Dylan Brooks. I don't want to see no fights, no technicals, no nothing like that. We need you for the playoffs, um, and it's at home. I think they get a spirit win. Memphis does. But I want to see Dylan Brooks at least do a little bit more offensively, less trash talk, because you got to let your game talk, man. And I think this would be a good confidence win for them going into the playoffs. But Memphis wins. All right, so we got four more great games, and they all pretty much will matter, except for one game but these games will all pretty much matter so this is where it gets really tough to predict so again you got these two teams coming in healthy they're coming in healthy they're playing they look like they're playing every starter got minute we got sacramento will be traveling to new orleans in the smoothie king center to play the new orleans pelicans those we know we just went over the standards pelicans does need this game to get the win to uh to keep you know keep up the pace hoping to get to that fifth seed uh so uh sacramento clinched their playoff spot probably uh probably uh probably keep their seed in their seed and probably you know they just got to figure out who they want who they're gonna play they gotta just right. figure out who they're gonna play that's all it is but other than that mo who you got to win this game who you got to win this game sacramento or new orleans uh i think the pels win um, if, if you've been watching the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram has been on a tear lately. So I expect yeah. him to to put up big numbers, not just with his scoring, but playmaking as well. Um, CJ's been in kind of a slump, but you still got Valanchunas. Um, I like Jones on the wings. I, I just think that if they can get healthy, get into the playoffs, then get back Alvarado. Um, they're going to be a fun team to watch, but I expect them to win because they, they really have something to play for. Sacramento, like you said, they're set at the three. So I think this is more about a, a Pelicans. This is for a game the Pelicans need. I expect the Pelicans to win. Gotcha, gotcha. That's who you got in this game. I agree with Mo on this one. Uh Pelicans, they got something to play for. Um and uh Sacramento, they're kind of set, they're set, really. I mean, uh, even if they play, they're set. I think the only reason why they play their starters is to kind of see, you know, what what they got, you know. Uh, see, you know, he gets a confidence booster, you know. So I get the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram, I give credit where it's due. He he spanked us with Denver for sure. So um, he's been on a tear. I hate, he's on a tear, man. And uh, uh, like Mo said, once they get healthy, uh, Jones on the wing is great. Um, I say Pelicans win. It's at home anyways. The spirit win. Uh, bring uh, some New Orleans uh, playoff atmosphere basketball. I think they get the dub tonight. Yep. So this next very game, it matters. But we got – the Lake Show going to Salt Lake City, Utah, to play the uh, Utah Jazz. Now, Utah Jazz been struggling. This they've been struggling for the tail end of the second half. They they not officially eliminated yet, eliminated yet. But Lakers have a chance to put them out of the misery. They got a bunch of injuries. Utah got a bunch of injuries. I mean, we didn't expect LeBron James, Anthony David, D'Angelo Russell, they are doubtful, but they're going to play in the game. No doubt about that. They're going to play. But the other side of the ball, they're pretty beat up, and they're going to be out. So Walker Kessler, who's been a very good rookie for them this year out of Auburn, he's out. He's out for the season. He will not be playing anymore. Lowry Marketing is doubtful. Colin Sexton don't know where he's been. Uh, Rudy uh, Gay, he's out. And the biggest one, Jordan Clarkson. Is done. He's out. So Mo, who you who you, who you, who you taking? No, you taking them down, Lakers. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I take the Lakers in a blowout. Okay. I don't think, I don't think it's gonna be a close game. I think the, the Lakers need it, and and I also think 
the the Jazz don't want it. They're they're at the point where they didn't get all those picks, not to be able to use them. I think yep. they realize at some point that they've had a. I would say they overachieved to a degree. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. And no one saw marketing marketing become what he's become. Now you got a centerpiece, so yep. they can take all those picks, add some more people around him. I think Utah is going to be a problem going forward, but. I don't think they want this win. Lakers will win by a blowout. Keep it moving. All right. So, uh, Dez, who you got in this game? I'm not a Laker fan, man, but <laughs> I'm not a Laker fan, but you got to give it to the Lakers. They got to win tonight. They got to win. They got to win. Um, and the injury report, they all doubtful, you know, but LeBron, we all know they're going to play. Yeah. They all, we all know they're going to play. They're going to get the win. Um, Mo, I agree with him. Like Utah, I mean, most of those guys are out. They threw in the towel. They done. They're gonna have second stringers play against first stringers, and you playing against one of the greatest of all time, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, uh, D'Angelo Russell against second and third stringers. It, it's gonna be a blowout. It's gonna be probably like a one twenty eighty nine game. Um, the only reason why I may it may not is if somebody from Utah surprisingly goes off and said it's not your night for LA. But I say LA gets the dub. Um, they're hungry for the playoffs. They they want the smoke, um, and LeBron is hungry. And when LeBron is hungry for something, he's a bad man. I give him that. He, he could turn into a, a super saiyan if he's hungry for something right now. So this game could be a really good one. I'm, this game is going to be a really good game. But OKC needs this game because guess what? They're in the tenth spot. They're over Dallas at this point. They're thirty eight and forty one. The Golden State Warriors are forty one. And 38. Now, now again, Oklahoma City needs the game because they're in the last spot, in the 10th, last playing tournament game. And right behind them is Dallas, who we will talk about tomorrow morning. But right now, OKC is in that last spot. And, you know, I think uh, the Warriors are up in that sixth and final seed. They're up in the sixth and final seed at this moment. So they will be playing the Kings in the three and six matchup if the playoffs started today but the problem is we don't know who the kings are going to play we got to have to judge that to after the season when the season win too no go to state does need to win both teams need to win this game to stay on course especially for okc they need to win just to keep the six ten seed they need to win just to keep the ten seed so let's go mo who you got in this pressure game right here, this is a lot of – both teams on a lot of pressure. It Who's is. It might be the best game of the night. Yep. I'm taking OKC because – Oh, OKC. yeah, you rolling with OKC. Okay. Yeah, I'm rolling with OKC because OKC, in, in the end, if they win, they're doing my team a solid. I need OKC to win. <laughs> they win, it pulls the Warriors down. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go I, need, I need Shay to drop about 40 tonight. Well, imagine if that happened. Imagine if that if that happened. How the group check gonna respond after that? Go ahead, <laughs> man. I got. Hey, I'm going for Golden State. I gotta go for Golden State. The reason is it in Golden State too? Yeah, it's in Golden. Oh State. yeah, they, and uh, it might be on TNT. I think it might be on TNT tonight. I'm going to definitely look well, they, at it today. Good. They're good at home. Okay, see, I mean, uh, the Warriors are pretty good at home, but you know what? Still going with them Thunder. Hey, they want that smoke. I, I, I say Steph goes off. Uh, Clay Thompson, when they lost to Denver, that was definitely disappointing. Even though I'm a Nuggets fan, 
that was definitely disappointing for them to lose that way. He even said it flat out. We were not deserving to win that game. They are hungry. Um, and I understand both teams. This, this is a sizzle type baking game where both teams need this game. Uh, OKC, I feel it's going to be one of those games where it's just it comes down to the last shot or the last possession. Because both play, both teams play physical de defense. They both space the floor. They both run the floor. They both rebound. Um, and they're aggressive. Um, but I say probably a Steph Curry three wins this game. You're going to have the edge. The 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 Warriors have the edge because of their experience. There's no doubt. They, they need this. So you could go with their experience. But I'm going with those young legs. I'm going to say those young legs are going to cause – that older team some problems. Look, if it's a close game, even better. That bodes well for OKC. Because Shea, when he's not making shots, he's living at the free throw line. True. That's true. Yeah, definitely. Man, I might pick there's out of the Lakers or Utah or the Thunder and or Warriors. I might decide to do tonight. I like I like both of those candidates. Problem is Utah got so many injuries. Now, this last game before we uh discuss, we gotta discuss before we get up out of here. Maybe a scrimmage game. This may turn into a scrimmage game really, really look quickly. Look quickly. You know, you know, it's a chance for Phoenix to get into some playoff mode to beat up on somebody before, you know, the playoff stretch. Make it turn into a little scrimmage game, pretty much. Uh we got uh San Antonio, you know, playing Phoenix tonight. Like I say, may turn into a scrimmage, pretty much a beat down early in the game, but no matter what it is. San Antonio. Injury report not looking good at all. Devin Bussell, their leader, he's out. Uh, Keldon Johnson, their best player, he's doubtful. Romeo Langford, doubtful. Zach Collins, doubtful. And Ken Birch is out for the uh, Spurs and for the San Antonio and for the Phoenix. You got no injuries. So it may turn into a scrimmage game. Mo, who you want? Um, well, you know what? This game is going to be a win-win for both teams. Phoenix is going to win, but the loss puts San Antonio that much closer to getting Big Vic. <laughs> That's, a win. That's a win. Yep. <laughs> hey, I got to agree with Mo on this one. It's a win-win situation, baby, because you think it about is. it. Phoenix, you get some high confidence. It's a, it's a scrimmage. You probably won't play most of I mean, uh, is Phoenix playing all their starters or is it they, everybody no, just, no, so, right yeah, it's a scrimmage. What they're probably going to do is play, you know, KD, book that whole starting five, 25 you know, minutes. give you some a confidence booster type quarters, probably first, second quarter. And then when it's up to double digits, probably 20, 30 point lead, uh, you're going to have to sit everybody down, see what you got on your bench. Um, and then for San Antonio, you look at the future's bright. The future's bright. I mean, you got some young pieces, yeah. you know, you got some draft pick, you got some capital. Um, and it gives you one step closer to getting Vic. Um, with Greg Popovich, which is a Hall of Famer. I think San Antonio, I got to give props too. They got, uh, I think, three All-Stars. Uh, not three All-Stars, but three All-Stars that made the Hall of Fame this year. So I got to yep. give props where it's due to that too. So, But it's, it's going to be Phoenix all the way, man. Yep, definitely, definitely, man. Appreciate everybody for being on the show today. We got the two hours, man, my guys. Uh, Mo, had a, blast, had, a blast. had a blast, man. Great morning show. Great. We all, we all are great. We all a great duo, man. We all a great uh, duo. So I enjoy this. Uh, so shout out to uh, Freddie for allowing us to do this morning What's show. What's up, Freddie? What's up, Fred? Play by plays on the platform and stuff like that. Uh, so Mo, tell the people where they can follow you. At. Follow me right here at uh, Empire Sports. This is the homie. Yep. <laughs> uh, you guys can follow me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, 
Desmond2015234. Um, I definitely hit up there, so just hit me up. Um, I definitely just want to give a shout out to the squad. This morning was a great show. I love the energy, man. It's cold here in Denver, man. It was 68 <laughs> yesterday. It is 38 and snowing right now. Um, so I definitely give a shout out to you guys. And then I want to give a shout out to uh, Coach Chin for the Sugar Skulls, the IFL football. Um, they got his first win yesterday as a head coach. Um, so I definitely want to give a shout out to them. They won 35 to 18 against uh, San Diego Strike Force. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to him and, and that organization because it's great to have a indoor football league, um, you know, professional indoor football league. It's kind of weird because we kind of spring the summertime and it's indoors, but um, it's great to just have that type of entertainment. So I definitely want to give a shout out to them. You know what? I'm gonna say one more thing before we get up. I before I uh, let the people know, but uh, it would be nice if Denver and the Lakers play. And Freddie and Dez to come up on that and do a play by play. That would be really nice, Freddie. You guys do that, and I'll be in the chat. (laughs) The last time I did a play by play play with Freddie, I couldn't find him no more on there because what happened uh, early on in the season. So, So, question: If the Lakers win tonight, will they will they move up? What to the what? what See what they move up to then? If everything falls, will they move to like? Six five, or would they still be down it, like in the eight? I think it depends on what happens. It depends on uh, well, what happens. It depends on what happens to Golden State, I believe. Yeah, uh, okay. The Lakers on the tiebreaker, do the Lakers on that tie against Golden they State? They own that tiebreaker, okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so they would, if, if go if OKC can beat them, they would jump, they would jump Golden State, they would actually jump. Plus, the Lakers are on the back to back, they got uh, Clippers tomorrow, so they oh. would have an opportunity to jump up, especially if they win tonight in OKC. OKC beats the Thunder. OKC uh, beats uh, the Warriors. Lakers would definitely jump them because they own the tiebreaker. And okay. if they beat the Clippers, I think the Lakers uh, jump possibly jump the Clippers, so they can very much end up in that in that spot. So yeah, so it takes a OKC win and it takes a Laker win. They will be jumping the uh, jump the spot. Be, yeah, okay, jump. for sure. I just need that clarity because uh, De- I won't lie. Denver sports. Uh, we've already talked about the possibility of Denver probably matching up with the Lakers. Um, Denver, I think, is actually seeing it now as a as a possibility of probably matching up with them. So um, the thing, like I said, Denver, we just got to work on our defense because our defense is ranked 14th since the All Star break, and it's that's not good. So yeah. So Freddie, remember, possibly second round, second round or whatever it is, if the Lakers in Denver play, I'm recommend between me, you, and Dez for a play by play, Freddie. Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't want to get no have to get no tissue for your next time. <laughs> Last time y'all played him, so, right. <laughs> so y'all can follow me at uh, Coach Dante on YouTube. Y'all can follow me at Coach Dante Thirty, uh, Coach Dante uh, That Rockets uh, guy on Twitter. Y'all can find me right here, man. Y'all see the uh, shirt right here. Y'all can find me right here with my guys on the morning show in the seventy-two hundred seconds that with me and Key got today. If anybody want to come on as a special guest, you definitely. You know, kind of welcome to come on there as well. So y'all can find me everywhere, man. There's no need, no introduction. But as far as, as Coach Dante, my boy Mo, my boy Des, we'll see you guys next morning show. That is tomorrow. See you later, guys. Peace. Peace.